I forgot here. to mention this on the podcast proper. Yeah. So like when I wake up in the mid- in the morning, I don't get up until noon. But like if I wake up at like nine a.m., I'll just check Twitter on my phone and just you know catch up on the timeline overnight. Uh huh. I had a morning where I'm just doing that, just you know boobs, 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 scroll, scroll, scroll. Right, right. And, and then there's a and then there's a picture of Hebe Key, and I could physically feel the smile creep across my face. Oh I was no. Like, I was just like, oh man, I'm in deep, huh? <laughs> <laughs> get um i did get the pickled beets which were not available on my wall <laughs> were very good i downed about two-thirds of the jar that night oh god i shared them with my special friend that visited earlier today mm-hmm. and they did not care for them I, <laughs> oh no how it's to make, over how to make somebody quickly exit anything resembling a friendship or relationship with you give them pickled beets the other one was making them listen to a bunch of sonic music god what are you trying to do to these people <laughs> Are you like literally just like actively? Are you actively like trolling people on dating apps now? Is that what's going on? Where it's just like, hey babe, come here and check out my Fate Stay Night collection. (laughs) You want to listen to some awesome Sonic jams? There's this cool Knuckles song about not chuckling. (laughs) This is a friend of this is a friend of five months. It it was I read the room and the room said play Sonic music for twenty minutes. Then we played Kirby's Epic Garden. It was very nice. That is a win in any. That's a win in any dating situation. I think Kirby's Epic Yarn is Kirby's Kirby's Epic Yarn. Kirby's Epic Yarn is how you salvage a date gone wrong by Sonic music and pickled (laughs) fucking beats. It works. It was Simpo Gear music. There you go. That's what you need. Good Simpo Gear music. <laughs> like any mention of that word is gonna just perk his ears right up. I know. I, I'm just cackling at how funny this whole dynamic is. You did such a good job finishing it, and then be like, "Nope." I blocked off every avenue of 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 any of any way to to gauge my uh, gauge my opinion. Like I have liked and retweeted Symphogear material equally. I think. Um, uh huh. You you keep liking all my heebie keys, and I'm just like. <laughs> Side eyeing you suspiciously. <laughs> you mostly retweet Hebikis. Yeah, right. like that's literally well, the only she character. Did ret- I've retweeted yeah, a few a, Chris. You did a Chris last night too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was that no, really good Chris I, meme too. Of- that really good Chris meme that After Five made, where like the polyhead was in the gun. <laughs> yes, like, that was also oh, good. right. Yeah. Delete oh, this. That was, that was yeah. That was really good. Chris is really good. Eh. <laughs> Paula, the, John, the thing John's I said a couple are well known, so this isn't useful. Yeah. Welcome one, welcome all to another episode of the Soxcast number one eighteen. Brought to you as always by Moon Pies. Moon Pies, they're better than that new Shantae game that doesn't look that good that just came out that you didn't know was out. 
Oh, I, I, saw. I, knew, I knew it was out because Fresh was talking about it, but it looks just like the previous one that it wasn't very good. That's so funny because Fresh was just like... Really? Like, oh, I saw yeah, it. I saw it. an open world and she transforms and it's a Shantae game. I watched, I watched somebody play a bit of this and it looks like a, it even looked like a huge step back from Half Genie Hero. So, I don't know. It looked real... It, it just... It looks super boring to me. Just visually, it looks... Does it not look like they just used those same assets? I... It looks like they like used lower. It, it looks, looks like the they same. used lower res assets. Weirdly enough. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's uh, I'm not the one that, that can that make that call, it. but that's what it looked I'll like. I have to, to do me. some comparison. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Welcome everybody. It's, it's another fun time here with your socks, cast pals, <laughs> doing what we do, talking about them video Dunk games. Dunk on games we haven't. Played. Dunk on games that we've not played. We that that just proves how embedded in internet culture we are when we just dunk yeah. on. You just talk freely about shit you've never played and create uh, very formulated opinions on it. We should have just based the entire Games of the Decade list on that. <laughs> We're still working on it. Uh, Rhett had a little bit of an oopsie poopsie yeah. that, that, oh, that, that put us behind a little. Rhett, do you want to tell the audience at home what you did? Okay, Rhett, just shame, a, shame, a, so we can shame you on the podcast. This is a public service announcement that a lot of people probably know. <laughs> Don't clean your PC monitor with Windex. The ammonia will immediately kill it. <laughs> and I went and looked after he, he DM'd me this at like 2.30 in the morning or some shit. And no, I, I, just, I just DM'd, I posted at like 4 a.m. I'm not real oh, smart. <laughs> like, I'm dumb as hell. Yeah, that's it. And, uh... I look, I, I like after I get this message of what he did. I go and look at the back of my bottle of Windex, and very clearly there is an icon that has a computer <laughs> monitor and a big X through it. <laughs> Where I'm going, I didn't need reading. Clearly, clearly. So we're still working on games of the decade. It's 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 just this little incident probably put us a week behind. Uh, so yeah, we have a prospect a perspective date. Uh, but we don't want to give it away right now, but you will hear about it soon, I promise. We we, we got something nailed down, we just kinda gotta knuckle down and Rhett, make sure Rhett gets yeah. his new monitor and it's and it's all good. <laughs> Unfortunately, apparently UPS shipping is like super backed up right now. Yeah, yeah. So I've heard they're hitting like bit. Christmas level volume without Christmas level staff. Yep. Oh that's a big problem. That's a doesn't help me. Yeah, doesn't help me mailing my Mega Man Battle Network manga to friends. Oh no, no, it doesn't. Like, hey, hey, I want this out of my house. Take yeah. it, please. I mean, you could just use postal. I think it's specifically UPS. Yeah, it's specifically UPS. That's kind of a big old butt problem right now. Yeah, but the Christmas one is open and near me. Oh, right. in, oh in walking right. distance of lugging Mega Man Battle Network manga in a backpack. <laughs> I have a friend that. They they do they're like a UPS sort of like pickup station and they're just like, yeah, ooh, swamped every like they like they get to uh -huh. a point daily where they have to stop taking packages because they they can't hold any more in their store. Oof. So what's going on? Like, we're is just, this just I like think people we're just, being backed up for like two months. I think we're backed up for two months and people just like buying a whole mm -hmm. bunch of st stuff with that big fat twelve hundred dollars that they got. But that, that was. That was even a month ago. It's just it is kind of weird. It's still trickling. Those are still trickling out though. Like the big a big mm, batch of, right. a big batch of those went out, and then they're still kind of sporadically going out. So okay. I think that, that I think we're just catching waves of that. 
uh, and UPS uh, like being the largest distributor in America that I know of anyway yeah. sort of you know, falls on them to kind of get all that shit going to where it's going so I need virtual right he makes the fire but he misses the fire fight it's Rhett hi hey, hey, hey John how's it going don't I'm excited for this episode. Why are you excited for this episode? This is just an episode. Like, I, we it's have not a even lot a lot of good stuff to talk about. <laughs> it's not even a nice round number. It's just like, yo, here's like episode 118. I just think we all have a very extremely a solid slate. list of stuff we played. There's a good slate of shit to talk about to be excited yeah. about for once. I don't think that. Yeah. I think that there might I mean, be an one episode. thing, maybe more than the others, but maybe, maybe. <laughs> Definitely got to get that Sonic Adventure replay that I did talked about. I mean, God, I'm, I just can't wait. So you're definitely ready for a podcast. More, am, more ready I've than you've ready ever since, been. Since last week, actually. Yep, since last week. <laughs> Do my media virtual love. Keep the demons down and drag the skeletons out. It's John Fire. Hi. Hey. What you doing? I'm doing well. I've got my cup of tea. Feeling good. Mm-hmm. Got company of friends. Mm-hmm. Nice weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, who are your friends? <laughs> Yo, you two. <laughs> every my best time, friends. Every time I do it, it's very hilarious to me. It is very funny every time. <laughs> so you're very ready uh, for a podcast yourself, then, sounds like. Yeah. That's I've good. got a couple things I want to talk about. Got a couple I'm excited things. to hear y'all talk about your things. Nice, nice. Well, why don't we go ahead and start with you then, John Tyre? Hey, 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 Polly. Hey, Polly. Polly. Hi. Polly, what you been up to? What have hey, I been Polly, doing? What you been up to? What have I been up to? Well, I I haven't done a whole lot, unfortunately. Uh-huh. You know, like it's been busy. I think you've I, done two two big things. I did a couple of things. I did a couple of things. So uh, I guess we'll, we're starting with me. It's always weird to me out when you start with me. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Uh, so <laughs> the first thing I did is kind of like I got a wild hair up my ass, and I don't know why I decided to do it. Uh, there was like nothing that provoked it. I, like there was no, there was like I'm, like people I follow are engaging with it as well. But that's not why I'm doing it. It was just kind of like, hey, I'm gonna do that. So uh, I'm taking a trip back, way, way back to the heady days of 1983, June 1983 to be specific. Ooh. The 58th year, the Showa era. We're good. Actually, we're gonna take a trip back to like 2006. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, in 2006, I was basically in the middle of probably like the longest anime drought I've ever been in the middle of. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I didn't watch or keep up with anything from like 2002 until 2006, maybe. Like, all, the only thing that I was doing from like 99 through maybe 2002 was just like updating my VHS collection to DVD, which I'm one of those nerds that had a pretty extensive VHS collection. So. For some reason, Rhett, is in this, he is one of those people that when he wants you to do something, he's really incessant about it. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> like, this, hey, this will, you, will you do this? Will you do this? Will you do this? Hey, do you want to do this? Will you do this? Will you do? He's one of those people. So he was coming at me with these two hot-off-the-press shows that he thought, man, you totally need to watch. The first of them was The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. That was, uh, man... That was, that was a banger. That was good stuff. Mm-hmm. The next Start up one, on game of the decade, anime of the decade list. Yeah, actually. It, it it got pretty high at up. number two. At number two, well, um, the movie did because the series was, was decade. Yeah, but 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 like that 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 sort of started a new anime renaissance for me. Well, 
Holly, don't forget we did watch Elfin Lead. We did. We did. That and was that, also important. Yeah. That was very So you were important. like, hmm. I was like some violent anime. I like some violent anime. Exactly. So and and you were like, yeah. you know what? I, I bet I got the trick for you. So he shows me this yeah. picture of this girl holding an axe or, or a hatchet. <laughs> and, I, and I think my immediate response was, it's just obviously ripping off American McGee's Alice. Oh, jeez. <laughs> because God, there's, I that one, that. there's that one oh, specific funny. picture. It's like, a, it's like an evening ca- cast kind of picture, and she's just standing there holding it, glaring at the camera, and it's just like, that's so fucking American McGee's Alice. It is honestly similar. I forgot about that. Um, of course, we were talking about a property that I think would become really indebted, or, or not, in, uh, but embedded into this community quite a bit, and obviously it inspired mine and John's works uh, a little bit, a little more, maybe more than <laughs> a little bit. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Higurashi no Naku Koroni, uh, or Higurashi When They Cry, as it is more commonly known in the West. For some reason... I got the a big old idea in my head uh, this past week. Um, I saw that GOG was giving away uh, the first chapter of Higurashi When They Cry, Oni Kakushi. Uh, and they're still doing so. They're doing so until there is a vaccine for the coronavirus, which is really cool. Uh, nice. So you can get yourself a nice, big, fat 15, 20 hour story there uh, for free if you want. Uh, so I decided I'm going to read this again. And I'm not only going to read it, I'm going to read it out loud to everybody. Because I'm fucking crazy. Like, I already hate reading out loud enough as it is. Like, I try to weasel out of so much reading at the end of the year lists, And that's just one time a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just voluntarily put myself through 17 straight hours of reading oh. to people. And um, it was a delight. It was a delight cool. to do. Um, just for every the st- time I every time I dipped my head in, I was just like, "Oh, this is a good vibe. This, it is, this feels nice." It was surprising to me how much that story still kind of sticks to my soul. The moment that really got me. The moment that I knew, like, "Oh, oh, I'm yeah, okay, I'm really connected to this." Is literally press start to start the game, and the game starts with. Every game starts with a poem by Frederica Burncastell. And I was like halfway through reading that and I got choked up. <laughs> and I was just like, and it was because everything was flooding back of like what those words actually mean. Because now I know, obviously. Yeah. So yeah. it was just mm-hmm. like, oh, God, there's so much. There's so much to this story and we are just <laughs> starting it. Oh, my God. It's it's interesting to, to me that those cause such a emotional reaction from you because that's one of the things they cut from the anime. Yeah, yeah. But um, we still got so into that series, we still knew about all the yeah, mo- like, visual novel stuff. And, and I, I know li- you read part of I, the originals. And I literally helped translate and edit the original manga yep. gamer uh, scripts for the answer arcs. So yeah. <laughs> but I didn't. But it was Which very was. much. It was very much like that Final Fantasy VII remake feeling of kind of watching the opening again and like having mm. it kick me in the chest. I kind of got that similar vibe of just like. <gasps> Oh, this is exactly what I need in my life right now. Oh, because I'm not. This is not a property or a series that I've gone back to like at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since uh, Kai ended and that uh, the the Saikoroshi arc that they did for the anime as well, um, 
after that, we obviously went into Umineko and the trash fire that that turns into. Um, <laughs> Do you remember I, that anime, the one off they did, like Daybreak or something? Yeah, it was. At the, oh my god! It was yeah. so forgettable. It's yeah, so weird. Like that was our last kind of experience there. Yeah, they are doing that remake of the anime now. They are. They are. They're doing like, and and it is a it is a retelling of the original story. So it's not something yeah. new. And it's by a studio. So I'm probably just sounds, wait for that. Yeah, it sounds like another studio that's kind of bad. Um, but um, it was interesting revisiting this from this perspective because now we're doing it through uh, the visual novels, and I'd not read the question arcs before. Um, yeah. So you're getting a lot of detail in that story now that they obviously can't fit in because of um, uh, you know you know the time restraints that they had. Uh, so you get a lot of very kind of trails in the skyish world building, and mm-hmm. just there's a lot of club activities, uh, which <laughs> are just. It there's seems just, like a whole lot. There's a, it's pretty great. There's a lot, <laughs> um, and they're doing that to really kind of settle you into the warmth of this backwoods country village and stuff and like they're really good at painting the picture of what Hinamazawa is um, and making you really kind of fall into feeling like a part of it mm-hmm. um, in a way that the anime just can't do because it's only got four episodes for that first arc and that's really going fast it's um, crazy how abridged those are. Yeah. It's crazy how abridged they are and how good they still turned out. Because yeah. it still leaves an impression. You still get a oh, lot yeah. of that feeling from it. Um, and, and another thing I really like that they do is that you're coming into a situation where they're like it's, there's a lot of pre-established relationships and these characters are already good friends. A lot of, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. making the player kind of feel not left out by that is really hard to do. Uh, and this is a series that manages to pull that off wonderfully. Like, you don't, like, you kind of feel yourself get worked into that mold in the same way that Keiichi is, who, mm-hmm. like, the visual novel kind of takes, it takes place from his perspective, so we're getting his narration through all this. You know, as he becomes more, um, sort, sort, sort of embedded in Hinamazawa's culture and grows closer to these people, you know, and starting to feel like he belongs, you start feeling that too. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, it's a it's a lot warmer um, than I was expecting, and I was kind of dreading the the club activity stuff. Uh, but the more <laughs> that it happened, the more it's just like this isn't filler. Like somebody is actually really having a lot of fun writing this. Like it doesn't feel like it's being put there to, like for any kind mm-hmm. of fan servicey purpose or to kind mm-hmm. of fill up time. It feels like it's there because it needs to be. And to my knowledge, I know that they kind of back off on that in later chapters. Um, but it's good that they set it up up front then. Yeah. Because that, that just creates this kind of emotional um, anchor yeah. for a lot of the rest yeah. of the story here. Yeah. And it's, but, and it's all, like, fun. Like yeah, the it's, There's actual, like, drama to it. Like, yeah. when, like, having the stupid... Um, fair game where they're shooting the trying to shoot trying the bear to shoot off the bear and down. it's so fun there's, there's so much like actual tension there and it's just like mm-hmm. kids actually just having fun and trying to concoct this plan to just get a big dumb stuffed bear it's really cute <laughs> it's so sweet and like the way like the, 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 the club games the way that they're cheated but <laughs> but but they're cheated in really fun and smart ways and like Keiichi is really good at playing that shit up 
uh, and adapting to those things and not feeling like the idiot. Even if he's going to lose, he's going to outsmart somebody in some way, and that feels really cool. <laughs> so you are reading this as well, John. Yes, I'm like um, chapter nine or so. Oh, yeah, you're really close I'm, now. I'm far in. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably yeah. going to wrap it up tonight. And you, got about three, you got about three hours left or so. Cool. That's kind of what I figured. Is that it? Be is that the last ones would be chunky? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was funny because I just watched like a handful of club activities on your on your stream. Yeah, and then I jumped back into the game and then I like, did all the club activities again. Mm. So <laughs> I I did not. When it does get scary, it uh, that that hasn't I haven't touched that part of it mm-hmm. in ten plus years. Yeah. And it lands real hard when it does get scary, huh? Yeah, like, they really make... Like, like, like Higurashi has first and foremost always been called a sound novel, and they're really good at using the sound, um, like, like, cutting the music out at the proper times, bringing it back, knowing when to bring in those eerie tones, or bringing out the... Like, the cicadas constantly going oh, is so good. Like, it's such, an, uh, it's such a great audio... Um, it's such great audio glue that ties everything together. And when the Higurashi aren't crying and major shit's going down is like, it's a really interesting way of tying that shit together. Um, what do you think about the artwork, John? I completely love it. <laughs> so, so the version that I'm playing, the manga gamer release originally, like that, that this has art that was done in house by their own uh, person. Um, it has the PS2, PS3 art. And then it's got the original as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and and you can, like, switch between those on the fly. Um, and it's really cool that, like, they, they preserved um, Ryukishi's original uh, artworks. Because they're, like, I know a lot of people call them bad, but... The, they're charming. They're very, like, they have an entire line of figures made Zoom out energy. of... Zoom like, energy. Like, I have those figures. Mm-hmm. Like, I sent Rhett one. How you doing? I'm pretty sure I did. Nope. I would, re- I think have, I would remember that. I, I think you thought that you'd send me one, too, and I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm missing Arika then. Because I sent, oh, no. one, I sent one to somebody, and it was Arika. <laughs> oh, no. Arika's... I can't believe... Oh, no, poor Arika's lost. Arika's lost in the Kakeda somewhere. Just I gone forever. She's lost in the in the ogre's abyss. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, to me, I think something that's very striking about when they cry, just reading it mm-hmm. again. Well, I didn't. I barely read the VN. I, I mostly just watched the show and read a bunch of the manga mm-hmm. um, at the time. So most of the VN stuff is fresh to me. Yeah. Um, what's really striking to me is that he writes children like children in a way that feels nice to me yeah um the way that they're goofballs with each other the way they kind of the way they set these rules and the drama is so like real in these club activities and then when things get scary how like meaningfully helpless and out of your depth you feel yeah like like because it, it's really world of these adults it's really children playing around for a lot of this mm-hmm. game and then you mm-hmm. get to those moments, and Keiichi's losing his shit. Um, mm-hmm. And it feels really fucking real. Um, He's like, a, he feels like a scared kid, and that's yeah. such a vulnerable 
position to be projecting yourself kind of into yeah. reading these games. Yeah. It's rough. Like, like, and, and, and we noticed, like, right while reading this, when we started, uh, mm-hmm. it came up a lot, and that there's a lot of type moon energy here. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's what, that's the comparison point, yeah. because a, they don't feel like kids in yeah. type moon stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Ryukishi, uh. like, like, is very clearly a fan of, of, the, uh, of the things that Nasu does, and it comes mm-hmm. through a lot in the way that he writes a lot, but I think the key difference is I feel like I feel like Ryukishi feels bad for the things that he puts his characters through. <laughs> um, and it feels like there's a core there that is striving for something very good and positive against yeah. this crushing, awful torment. Um, and it's, 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 a, it's a solution that you ultimately will get to, but you've got to fucking work your way through the muck. Whereas with Nasu, I don't feel that a desire for good is there. I feel that Nasu's work just has this terrible worldview that I can't and don't want to be a part of. The 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 women in his stuff feel designed to it, their suffering feels designed to be consumed. It yes. feels and the and them being kids just feels like part of the kind of fetishiness of it. Yeah. Which sucks. Yeah. <laughs> whereas, whereas the Ryukishi stuff that does not feel like it does not feel like you are consuming them that way, and no. it feels like. And, and these are real yeah. characters that are built from real traumas that you're going to start understanding later. It's just that Oni Kakushi, you can't show everything right now. Of course, you yeah. have to kind of like, like, like you present a situation at a face value and then you start digging deeper in the layers of why things are the way they are and I feel that there's a lot of humanity in uh, mm-hmm. the solutions that come from Higurashi um, they kept saying Fata Morgana was like good fate but the good fate was with us all along <laughs> <laughs> yeah we just didn't we, we just hadn't like delved into it um, mm-hmm. but of course Keiichi's never gonna make me feel as cool as projecting myself onto um <laughs> Are you uh, sure? Cage has got some real fucking cool moments. Okay, we'll see. Because like, Shiro's really fucking cool. Look, man. I mean, he's never really... going to like start summoning swords and no. never gonna summon shooting magic. No, yeah. but he's yeah. going to get on the roof of that school and he's going to show somebody Fuck. that they're loved. Oh. Fuck me, God, yeah. Oh, oh. oh boy. Sorry. Sorry it's, for screaming, Mike. That was that's it's fine. Because, it's fine. It's it. Look, man. oh man. Yeah. Ugh. But yeah, yeah the, the, is the a whole, lot. The whole worldview thing, yeah. really. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't have a strong memory of like the shape of this story at all. I just mm-hmm. have a memory of like um, the big crescendo. Mo- mostly moments. because I, I watched it when I was like fifteen. What mostly stuck out to me was like <laughs> the very intense violence. Yeah, yeah. The really striking moments of violence that hurts. A yeah. lot as a viewer, so yeah. those are most of the memories there. Yeah. So, I remember a little bit of the warmth, um, mm-hmm. but I think I'm a lot more open and kind of in a position to absorb that maturely than I yeah. was as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really excited about it because I'm just like reading this, just like it's just, pleasant. Just as talk, fun. please. Just have a yeah. talk to them. Oh yeah. Like that's what I was like. I know this story in and out, and while I was reading it sitting there the whole time, like, inside, I'm still dying. Just like, please, dude, just talk to them. They just want to <laughs> talk to you. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and then, was... uh, like, right once it starts getting really scary, yep. like, I felt a little bit like, I get it. I understand why you're not trusting them right now. And yeah. it hurts because yep. I know that's not the right move, but I get it. Yep. Oh, this sucks. Oh, no. <laughs> we know where this is going. <laughs> we just spent, because we just spent four hours, like, club activities. Yeah. And I love all of these characters so we, much. We want and a I bear. care about them so deeply. We want a bear. We got the I bear. Want to be okay. Yeah. Because at this point, in Oni, it's important, like, at the point where I'm at in Onikakushi, you don't know that these characters are like any of these characters are, are going to be like ultimately good or ultimately bad yeah, like, like could just be this is going to turn into pure horror yeah and you are in danger and these people are the enemy and it puts you in that paranoid headspace and then it builds from there yep yep and the thing is like i have people watching this like i didn't think anybody would come out for this like this was me <laughs> just like i got a wild hair up my ass and i'm gonna try something so I downloaded the game, threw it in, and, like, fucking ten people are there the first night. Like, what is going on here? I'm just reading, and I'm terrible at this. What are you doing here? <laughs> uh, but, but like, I found out that, like, June is also a big Higurashi fan. So that's cool. Nice. Uh, and there are people also that don't know where the story's going. So that's fun. That's really fun. Just having people The reactions around... at the end of that last stream must have been quite interesting. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. <laughs> It's like, yeah, where do you go after that? Hmm. <laughs> what is what is phase two after this? Exactly. I think I remember y'all having it. I remember hearing a bit about your reactions to, like, episode five. Episode like, five of the anime. It's like, what? What? I mean, I was on this show. I was on this train so early. I think episode five was the last one that had aired when I started it. So, I, you know, I hit episode four. It's just like. Huh? What? Do you what? Do? what do you do? What do you do from here? What? And then having to wait week for week for every new episode was just—it was it hell. Was a lot. But it was awesome. Like we did that for the yeah. remainder of Higurashi, and and then through Kai, which was a year later. <laughs> yeah. At least it was only a year. I feel like some sequels now are like two or, or like, three years later. Yeah. And it's just brutal. Yeah, it's it's but man, like it. It's nice knowing that this is a piece of media that still holds yeah. up. Ref- mm-hmm. Because I've kept away from it. Because I came off of uh, Umineko. Um, and I think... Feeling pretty burned. I came off feeling real bummed and burned by Umineko. And I think to a degree, I let it kind of color my perception a bit of Aww. like... Wait a minute, maybe Higurashi wasn't actually that good. I'm not going to go back and look, because if I do, what if it starts falling apart? I don't want that story to fall apart. <laughs> um, I mean, the ways Umineko falls apart were never present in No, no, Higurashi. they're not. They're absolutely not. Um, Higurashi also never has, like, energy sides. Right. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. I don't, not I'm not, I don't know what I'm night. noting. I don't know what I'm noting there. I'm just acknowledging that it, Umineko has energy. I found out that Umineko has Umi- energy sides that did Umineko make me very definitely excited. has way more like fate energy on terms of like action. Umineko has some good some, bullshit. Umineko's got some incredible highs. There are cool. so many yeah. times while I was reading that through that story and while we were chasing it through to the end that some of the most amazing moments in visual novel reading history. 
mm-hmm. for me. Like, I still remember moments yeah. that stand out so much, and I still just, like, I love them, but this story betrayed me so much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I'd say we talked about, like, what you don't like about Umanek, and I get it. Yeah. It's definitely, it's higher highs and lower lows. Yeah. But, and that last, that whole last chapter is, mm. Like, what are you, you are, this is literally an author giving up. <laughs> Oof. Like, the way that but they those present. Highs. The See, way, I, I just remember those highs. The way they present the solution to you is just so, whatever, fucking here it is, you dumbass, you want it anyway, go ahead and lap it up, useless goat. Like, fuck you then. I just wanted to fucking play along and figure out the mystery. That's like, and you're making me feel bad about it. When it's a fucking mystery visual. Man, I'm going to end up reading that story again, ain't I? I'm so so here for that one. John and Polly read Umineko. God, I I just... It was always planning to. This has been like on the list for a long time. I had a feeling... I was into Higurashi well before I got into visual novels, right. like as a concept. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, time for the synthesis of these two things to finally kind of arise. And that's another kind of telling thing is like, Higurashi was 2002. Yeah. I've played 2001, 2002 visual novels. Yeah. And it, it's pretty like immediately just like, oh, this is like good. This yeah. is good for where, where so that. Wait. Like when you yeah, look at yeah, Higurashi is pre fate. That's crazy. I didn't. It's pre fate so, by two years. By two years. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was realizing. Is like when they have CL in this, it's because Tsukimi, Tsukimi. Tsukimi was like yeah. a year old. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think and they, much worse but, than much worse than Higurashi. Yeah. Yep. In many ways. Many ways. It's just when you mentioned like there being the PS2 sprites, I go, God, it really is that old, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have that PS2 like, game. I have that PS2 game. Nice. Yeah, Higurashi ended in 2006, so like the yeah. answer arcs and whatnot, it was that was like post fate, but yeah, it started yeah. and was getting coming out initially. Yeah, in yeah, because they did. Yeah, both Umineko and Higurashi were every uh, every comic hat, and there were eight of each, so that's yeah. four years. That's crazy then, that they never missed one comic hat between any installment on every series they've done. Like they always hit that six month mark every time. Yeah. That's nuts when you consider how big these stories are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are also photo backgrounds. Yep. Also public <laughs> yep. domain music. Yep. Also no CGs. No CGs. Oh yes, my jam. Um, so so it's not just oh I've read VNs now, so I appreciate I extra appreciate what I was what this is doing. It's oh yeah, we've made VNs now, and we we've made. Like janky dungeon style VNs. Yeah. Yep. That also specifically are kind of telling this story. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's very interesting and fun and cathartic, and I'm having an absolute blast with it. And I'm just I'm glad. Thank you for kind of sparking me. Like I'm I've just, been meaning to do this for like six yeah. years. Let's do it. And yeah. it was exactly the right time. I it's like this is something that I feel found me exactly when I needed it to again. Um, during quarantine it just feels like I I was meant to come back now it's never felt like I've never played a game like this and it just feel like this completely right again and Mm -hmm. it's just like oh Mm -hmm. like I'm yeah like I 
I just want all the dumb surgery stuff over with so I can go start Wataragashi. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to get go. I just want to dive back in. Yeah. Sending you all the love relating that. that oh, way. It, it's keep us updated. That's, It'll be good. It'll that's be tomorrow, fun. right? Yep, that's mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. By I the told time you're the... listening to this, <laughs> I'll be I told on Bali, a lot like, of drugs. I have had two. <laughs> I've had two close family members go through this exact surgery and be okay. Yeah, so. my dad had it too, so I ain't, I ain't worried. I ain't scared. I'm more worried about the tertiary bullshit. Like, oh god, I don't yeah. want. I don't want an IV. Oh god, what if I freak out going under? <laughs> oh god, what if I wake up and say something real stupid? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're used to that last Oh one. yeah, 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 yeah. I I've, I, had, I remember hearing my dad come out of recovery with some real zingers before. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like finding Higurashi again, like it just feels good to know that this is something that like I like and it, oh yeah, it's still amazingly potent and still very very fucking good. Mm. I think I always was kind of like suspecting that it wouldn't hold up because yeah. all because mostly what I remembered was the violence. The violence, yeah. And I kind of was expecting it to be like kind of Elfin Lead. Like Elfin, Elfin Lead, Lead does not dumb. hold up. Which totally holds up. The, uh, no. no. <laughs> we watched it twice, Polly. I literally we made like music any, videos. Any scene involving you literally makes me want to put a bullet in my head. Like, oh, it's the most awful shit. It's so bad. And the weird incest angle they keep going for. There's the weird incest angle. There's the child molestation stuff. There's. Oh, it's that. You know, I haven't revisited it in a long time. The last time you revisited it was when I reviewed it for the site in 2008. God. That was 12 years ago. I re- did, and we both read the manga too, so we got to oh, see the diaper girl. Yeah, we saw diaper uh, girl. Yeah, the, the manga was where I checked out. I knew about that stuff. It's <laughs> like, oh, this is this is just like this awkward is, fetish. Yeah, too. this is just awkward fetish crap. Great, and we watched it to the the anime has a better ending anyway. Yeah. I, I, I kind of remember the the manga ending be a little cool. She likes is like protecting him from like missiles or something. It's like they go real nuts with it. Yeah, uh, in the manga, which is fine, but I kind of like the 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 more... the understated anime. I like ending. the understated anime ending. I think it works a little. Better. I killed your family. I don't care. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Elven Lee not... were... Yeah. Back in the days when anime original endings were actually the better ending. <laughs> what up, Full uh, Metal Alchemist? Yep, what yep. up, Full Metal Alchemist? God, way yeah. better. Way better. Oh my god, way better. Everything anime original. Yeah. God. Get Don't brother, get me started. Get Brotherhood out of here. Like, <laughs> I, get so I didn't say it, but I was thinking it. And then I guess, just ran with it. I get so fucking mad, y'all, about Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. It is so much worse. It's so it is shit. so much worse. It's so I can't. Shit. I cannot comprehend it. It's like everybody. Yeah, yeah, Rhett? Mustang fights a tank. Or I forget. Oh, isn't that great? He fights a tank. That wasn't even in the manga either, which is funny. Oh, that's funny, actually. As like of all the things to not even be in the manga. Oh, that's good. It's like the one thing Rhett remembers. Wow. Um, it's pretty. You know what? I have a thing for characters fighting tanks. Turns out. Yeah, I mm-hmm. kind of know. Yeah, that sounds. I don't like think a... we need to talk about that right now. Nah, but but man, I, I'm just so excited to be back in Higurashi World, and I hate the fact that it's probably. <laughs> is this just? I hate the fact that is it's this probably just the next eight episodes. Yep. 
the Sasuke. I, I hate the fact the that journey. It, I really hate the fact that it's going to dovetail into me fucking reading Numineko again. I know it's going to. I just, <laughs> oh, it, I just hey, feel it. Think I, about I just feel it. just need to stay in sync for the next like sixteen oh weeks. Oh my god. Oh because my god. Because if you can, I just want John to bounce his theories on Numineko off you, and you just laugh in his face. <laughs> Because you can't say anything back, obviously. No, I can't. <laughs> but I, told, I, I wanted told John you. to go on that journey so bad because it's such a fun ride. It is until it good, crashes. It's a good ride. The I first have, like five are so good. Yeah. I told you, like I had a friend who read all of Umineko and then read all of Higurashi. And then read oh, all of Sakonia. I really kind of want to get. I really just want to get to Kokonia, though. Um, I think that's, that's going to be. be that's gonna be interesting because that 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 seems outwardly fady, uh, in terms of just all the <laughs> all of the magical bullshit. It's just like yo, here it is. Here's all the like, magical all bullshit. The, there's like politics stuff, like with yep. like world country leaders. I it's think. real. Int- it's got a lot of intrigue. Yeah, it's very unhigarashi. It's, yeah. it's a new thing, but it's also got Ryukishi art, so that's yeah. that makes me happy. Yeah. yeah, it's like yes, this is a real, this is real, this is a real Ryukishi thing. You think it we has, could get? You, like think, that. you think we could commission Ryukishi to redo the the, the art for her lullaby? <laughs> get him to Probably no. We do it. We do a new. We do a new VN. We do a new VN. I, know, I, just, I just got Ryukishi. this. I just had a funny. I pictured my head of Taco with fucking Ryukishi art style and like Rena. I mean Rena poses. It would, yes. Yeah, she would look. I, exa- I, I immediately start. I immediately started thinking of her as Rena. Yeah, with the, like with arms. She, just like, <laughs> oh my! Lori is obviously a me on archetype. <laughs> I don't think you need Completely to commission him. Done. I'm pretty sure you could just get somebody to do those edits. <laughs> I don't like, and I'm not taking anything away from Carmi's art. It's just that's a funny Absolutely. idea to think about. Obviously, it's just that's funny. I'm not actually doing it. Oh my god. Funny. Somebody will do it for you. You're just you're just floating the idea. Yeah. No, I don't ever want it to appear that way. Didn't uh, didn't um, Sayara draw somebody in a Sayara in drew? A, and, and Sayara has already yeah. Sayara that. already drew Sayara as Rena. Excellent. Yeah, it was Very really good. good. It was really really good. It was really good. God, I was just like immediately like, oh, I want to hear this person's entire story. There's so much like pure visual novel energy in Higarashi. It's yeah. like. The I told you just like the moment where they reveal like a scary portrait for the first time. Yes. And it's just like there are VNs with a hundred times this game's budget. Yep. That will never have a visual moment as potent as It's just and all they do is change the you're eyes. Not, they change the eyes. Just change the eyes. And they're just and then it's like you're you're lying, aren't you? Oh my god. Oh god oh I am. <laughs> I'm lying. I'm sorry. Oh man. Is it because they set that up with like ten hours of Probably. club stuff yep. beforehand? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's why it works. works. Yeah, I mean it works in the anime because anime is different. They they make that art work in so many ways in this VN though. Like all they have to do is like yeah. like like I remember Sarah brought one to particular attention where it's literally just Rena cocking her head a little bit and it changes the entire <laughs> fucking dynamic of what you're seeing. <sighs> it's just like oh wow that like and the fun thing is like Neptunia used to do that. Neptunia used to have graphics where they, their heads would move around a little bit and it would convey a little more, and then they took that out. And all they had, and all Ryukishi had to do was just draw a like tilt a fucking head and save it as another PNG. 
Come on, Idea Factory, get your shit together. It's just well, like... you've been saying that for ten years. Yeah, that's never <laughs> happening. Raven in the chat, have we been kidnapped by a serial killer? I wonder, I wonder. I wonder, I wonder. Come on, come on. <gasps> it's good. It's, man. I, I've talked a lot about Higurashi now, but, uh, yeah. We can, we'll talk about it again, we I promise. We will probably be talking. <laughs> this is the, the new I journey. Am, I am so in this, because you, because I have not... I remember fucking nothing from Kai, y'all. Oh, I, man. I remember, like, so good. I remember Horn Girl. I remember who the villain is. Mm. Um, it's gonna, it's just gonna hit me. And I don't really remember um, the sixth arc in the show very much, which I know was... I remember Holly. I remember Holly always so saying, like, that's her favorite. I'm, I remember, like, bits that's of that's it. That's the Rena one. Yeah. yeah. I remember the Rena one. The I always, for some is... reason, the... Some reason yeah. the Shion stuff always really stuck with me as a kid. Oh, Gee, I wonder. Wonder why you're getting the numbers wrong. Um, but I won't. I won't bother saying which one. Yeah, that's fine. We'll, uh, we'll find out. It's funny. I, it's funny because you guys are like, "Oh, my memory of this is so you know kind of mm -hmm. faded." And I'm like, I watched that anime probably like three times. I remember everything still. Oh. <laughs> like I've watched the first season probably three or four times. I've watched Kai twice. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I watched the first anime twice and Kai once. And so I just I just got Kai on Blu-ray. For I got I have it all on Blu-ray too, but I was like, I'm not going to watch this. Cause yeah, I want to read. I don't want to get more of the manga. And I was like, oh, I I've had like all the answer arcs and like a little bit of the answer of all the question arcs and some of the answer arcs on manga forever. And like, I'll get the rest after I read it again. Right. And now I'm like, this is very expensive now, huh? It's a very expensive. <laughs> Higurashi, are very out of Higurashi Kai on Blu-ray is $18 for the whole season. So, um, I got a fucking good deal on that. Yep, I remember back when that was out of print, and I was like, "Oh, I really oh want yeah, that was really bad." And then yeah, um, good on, I good on. the manga, the man some of the later manga volumes. Uh, I, when I was getting the manga, it was actively printing. I was like getting them as they came out. Yeah, that's when I was getting them too. Exciting. Yeah, um, but I do not. I will probably have to make my peace with not having all the answer arcs on in manga form. Probably, yeah. probably, uh, probably. Higurashi's good, everybody. Higurashi's so good. I didn't know it was good. I thought it was like I've like I, I knew said, it was important to me, but I, I didn't know it was yeah. good. Like I went into this just like just kinda like gritting my teeth a little bit, just praying. Like, please don't be bad. Please don't be bad. Please don't be bad. Like if, <laughs> if I if there is anything I don't want to be wrong about on this podcast, please don't let it be this. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh my god, you were so you were so gritting your teeth during a couple like early dick oh, jokes. Like, god, like oh, the dick joke was oh, funny. Oh, the dick joke was it's funny. Very funny. <laughs> there are multiple dick jokes and they're both very funny. <laughs> he showed me his furry seal. He showed me his furry seal. <laughs> god. And the way like Meon just casually is like, yo, hey, did your dick grow? <laughs> like that's your first interaction with me on in the VN is hey how about oh how big's your dick now? <laughs> and, two days and Rena pretending she doesn't know it's the funniest. What are you talking about? Why? I don't get it. I really don't. <laughs> so yeah, God, okay, Polly, th th yeah, those are those are very like these are teenagers kind of razzing each other, which is yeah. Nice. It's, there's a lot of fun teenagers razzing each other stuff. Mm -hmm. You were saying, right? I have a very random question. Yeah. I'm looking at the SocksMakePeopleSexy.net top 10 cartoons of all time list. Uh -huh. Did you not do one? No. 
You didn't? That's nope. weird. I don't nope. remember you. Didn't do one. Yeah, doing one. Yeah, you did not because I would have been I would have had it memorized. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was during peak like pedestaling. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just for, just for reference, uh, John's number three was Higurashi. Yeah. Cool. Nice. I'll and take it. I believe it was number my number one. So nice. yeah. That would probably have been my number one. Oh my number. I think I put no- Lane as number two, which is I think probably I was being very posery there because I oh, don't think right. I connected with Lane as much as. Oh no! Oh no! You want to appear really cool in front of Polly though, I so want you got to put Lane there. I put Lane at number two. I mean, yeah, I like Lane. Two is good. Lane. Like, and your number like one is Trigon. Trigon, Trigon, makes Trigon sense. I definitely connected with that's, a lot. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that that's fine. I saw saw that and was like, yeah, that's a John pick. And then Lane is like, huh? Huh? I don't remember him ever talking heard, about Lane. Like, yeah, like even in intervening years, I have not heard John say much about I, Lane. I, watched it, I think I watched it like three times. Like, I want to be cool, but I don't think I'm smart <laughs> enough for this. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe Technolize would fit you more seeing maybe, as a maybe the, I mean, it's been like, it's been years. Maybe yeah. now I'd... Hey, Later. does Lane hold up? I think so, yeah. I watched that probably nine months ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lane I'm like, is Man, really good. When you actually think about what that show is versus when it came out, it's like, internet took over the world since yep. then. Yep. They were ahead of the ball. They called so much. Okay, that's what I was curious about. Yep. Mm. That show is really, really fucking good. It's still poignant. Probably makes way more sense now. I think so. Yeah, I think like the, with the context of the future, it was predicting coming to pass. Yeah. Cool. So Higurashi's cool. Rhett! Hey. What are you doing? Uh, I read a visual novel. Did? Why would you do that? Ooh. Visual novels are dumb. You have to read <laughs> them. Imagine having to read playing a video game. I'm not sorry. In this one? This one doesn't even have like an automatic text thing. No. It's really doesn't have insane. voices or anything. No voices. Got to keep clicking the button, and then it keeps make asking you to make drinks. Why would you? Because I played Valhalla Cyberpunk Bartender Action. I think that's the name. Yep, that that's a, that is a that hmm, I got feelings about that video game. Okay, how do you feel about I it? I think it's good. I didn't love it. Cool. Uh, we will be replacing Rhett as host come next podcast. <laughs> so if there are any takers out there um, and you have good taste, uh, be sure to hit me up. I mean, I liked it a lot. It just did not, you know, blow me away like I did for you. Because you had a very unique experience where I you did. played this game in a single day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, this thing also, hooked me from you know, the get-go. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I had a very weird experience playing this game. So it was about two weeks ago. And I start this game up, and, you know, it's the game takes place over, you know, a number of days. Mm-hmm. It's about it's about two weeks, I think. Yeah. Like, you start mid-December, and it goes to the end of the year. Yeah. So, one of the first things they mention in this game is just kind of an offhand reference to the Tokyo flu. Yeah! <sighs> and then, as you go through the day... So, I'm... So I, so you did this whole game in one day. I yep. did it over the course of like two weeks. Like, yeah. Not quite one day a day in real time, but like somewhat lined up like yeah. a day and a half per day, especially towards the start. I was going like really slow. Yeah. So so there's a reference to the Tokyo flu. I forget what else there was, but there's a number of things in the game that felt like they were aligning with real life at the time. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a lot of uh, there, there, there's some police brutality talk in that game. There's some police stuff. There's the characters are talking about there being like literal riots outside the bar. Yep. It, 
it's not safe to go home tonight. Yep. You, why don't you just stay here? Yeah. And then there's so what are there's the whole thing with the white knights, which aren't specifically police, but like I think they're like a private force. Yeah. There's mentions of them being lynched, which is uncomfortable. And you know one of them, and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. So, like, the way this game starts in was, was, like, so weirdly mirroring our real world kind of falling apart right now. Yeah, and it's... Was a lot to take in. Yeah, yeah. So it was... Oh, I forgot one other thing. So... You know how they did a bunch of updates to this game? Well, not a bunch, but, like, minor updates? Yeah. There's an incredibly weird thing I noticed, is that on the title screen now, it says version 1.2.30 or something. Yeah. And the subtitle under it is Goodbye, Miss Bartender. Yep. And I thought that's super weird Mm -hmm. that I'm saying goodbye to a character who I haven't even met yet. Yeah. Weird. Like, it's a weird feeling. Yeah. And, like, that title screen in general is just kind of sad. Yeah, like, I, I think that title screen is really captivating. And I'm not sure, like, yeah. you, you played this on my library, right? Yeah. Because I don't know that, like, if you don't, like, my, were my save files there? No. Okay, that's yeah, weird. That's because because yeah. when After 5 played it, he used my account. Well, like, he used my, uh, yeah. like, the library sharing thing we do. But my save yeah. files were there. So my end of game title screen was there. So I like when he loaded it up the first time, I had to I had to make sure nobody in chat said a fucking word. Because holy shit, that everything changes. Yeah, that's really weird. Yep, and all of my save files were there. It was really weird. That's really weird. Mm-hmm. That's never that that didn't happen to me. I just noticed the whole goodbye, Miss Bartender yeah. thing. And I thought. Yeah. Well, that's oh. kind of weird, like, oh. saying goodbye before I've even started the game. Well, I haven't even met Miss Bartender. I know. It's just weird, like, already being focused on kind of the end mm. before. Mm. But, like, so with all that stuff, I just kind of realized during, like, the first hour of the game, there's just a quiet sadness here that, like, <sighs> everything's yeah. really kind of fucked up. Yeah. And they're just, it's like, it's slice of life, but, like... Life kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah. Like even in the and moments, it was a lot to deal with. Even in the moments where these characters are clearly kind of like trying to get a laugh out of things, there's still this kind of dour, awful yeah. feeling to everything. Where it's just like we are eking by the best we can. Mm-hmm. Everything is insanely expensive. Like yeah, <laughs> every drink in the bar is like two hundred dollars. I think crazy. is like the minimum. Some, there's nuts. like the behind the shelf counter that's like every drink here is five hundred dollars. Like what the hell? What? <laughs> so you go to the in-game shop and it's like, oh, it's a video game. It's seven hundred dollars or whatever. It's a poster. It's, it's a poster. you know thirteen thousand dollars. Thirteen thousand dollars. <laughs> not not quite that bad, but you know, everything is extremely inflated. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's just there's a a dour mood to the whole thing. Yeah. It's just kind of just the whole way like. She does exactly two things. She works and she goes home, and or you can go to the shop. And so they like, really, really drill into the psychosis of that. Yeah, it's just this routine of you go home, and then the the option to continue the game is just go back to work. Yep. And then you can read the four chan message board standard, <laughs> <laughs> which is very funny. Yeah. The message board stuff is really good. I love how everybody in that world loves Yeek. 
That fucking Y2K game. Uh, okay, so I guess I'll talk about that now. This game made me definitively fucking hate references. Yeah. To anything. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not just Y-I-I-K, Yik, no, the 2016 like, postmortem RPG, which shitty... gets referenced a bunch. They've... I think it's the same publisher, not... so they probably felt like some kind of like, like, hey, let's throw our friends a shout out. Oh, God. Talk about references that do not fucking age well, though. Because <laughs> it's not... Because when I first saw, like, there's in the shop, there's, like, an Alex figure. His beard grows in real time. Yeah. I thought, well, that's dumb, but there won't be more references to Yik. No, there's tons of them. <laughs> and then, late in the game, a character come, a person comes to the bar, and they drop that they are cosplaying a character from, from Yik. Yik. And I'm just, okay, uh... sure. And then there's, like, in the newspaper, there's multiple references to how many times this game has been remastered. Yeah. The character, like, Jill's talking about, oh, that's the third time they've remastered it this year. Like, oh. <laughs> so <laughs> bad. You can literally so feel yourself bad. turning to stone every time it's mentioned. But, man, the, the cosplayer one was so a lot because... Of it, it, that's the one time it shows up, like in like the that main is story. Like, that is like the one customer. It was just like, why are you here? Like this adds nothing. They are just putting it in your face. Yeah, as like much as it's they like can. this is li- like this is a reference, and I I'm gonna make you read ten minutes of it. Yeah, but that's not the only reference in this game. Nope. There's a character. Huh? Who's just George Costanza from George Seinfeld? <laughs> His name is Art Vandelay! His name is Art Vandelay. He shows up several times. They make like five minutes of Festivus references when they're closer to Mega Christmas. Yep! She go- Jill's like, oh, you look like more of a Festivus guy. I'm just like, my eyes are doing 360s <laughs> in my head because I can't roll them far enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, Polly, I wasn't sure on this one. Uh-huh. Is one of the characters just Jim Sterling? Yep. Okay. It's I was just like, Jim Sterling. That guy's just Jim Sterling, huh? Yep. They're, they don't really hide that at all. It's very much, yeah, that's Jim Sterling. So... You've got George Costanza and Jim Sterling as just regular characters that show up like three or four times. But I don't think that they're bad characters. I think that they do a lot in actually I, fleshing those characters out and making them interesting. Because it's not just like, oh, it's, it's not just me talking to, uh, to, to to Jim Sterling. Like, that character is not Jim Sterling. It looks like I him. know, his character actually was pretty good. Yeah. But it, it's more just... You start me on the wrong foot with these characters. Yeah, obviously. and every and every time George Costanza shows up, it's just like, why are you here, dude? Yeah, yeah. Like, because everyone else has like a real kind of distinct visual, yeah, look to them, like more anime, and then these characters just stand out like sore fucking yeah. thumbs. Yeah, like he is Especially. literally he is literally Jim Sterling, and that is literally yeah. Jason Alexander. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> It's a little it just, much. It takes me out of the game every time, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Along with every time they mention Yik. Oh my god. Oh, and then there, there's one other reference. There's two corgis in the game that talk. Yep. 
like the dogs. Yeah. One of them just has a Metal Gear Solid Five eye patch, specifically the one that Boss has. Yeah. <laughs> and in the in the Anna demo, when he shows up, he goes, "Kept you waiting, huh?" Yep. I and there's even like they definitely wear the references. Like they don't. They're not clever references. They're not clever. They're just in your face, and they're dumb. It's like, hey, I know. Hey, I'm doing that thing that you know exists. I think that's the first line in Lady Killer in a Bind. <laughs> lady, waiting, there, huh? there is a Lady Killer in a Bind reference. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Right, they just stay, straight up say, "Hey, do you know the biker Christine Love?" <laughs> like, it's it's like the reference is just person's name. Yeah, like there's nothing clever or fun here. She she she, she runs the baddest ass gang, Christine Love. She does. Like it's, it's like okay, yeah, <laughs> sure. I, I put kidding. I put I it's like yeah, I put a reference to Rhett's games on, in, in her lullaby, but I did it in a way that wasn't like yeah. oh man, maybe. Oh, I'm sure glad. Maybe I'm nervous. I'll play one of Rhett's video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those were just images that weren't commented on. They yeah. were just background yeah. flavor. Yeah. I can't wait to phone. get back home and have sex with Rhett. He's so cool and great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in times like this, I play my favorite game, Super Zalixer, on my phone. <laughs> you can download it at inconsequentialresistance.com slash Super Zalixer. <laughs> Man, there is a really, there is a God, really the, good April first her lullaby visual novel that needs to happen. Oh God! <laughs> it really several, does. So it's going to have Higurashi sprites, and they're just going to drop references the whole time. And you know, yeah. <laughs> and, it's actually, and it's actually a poly dungeon riff. It's a poly dungeon riff, exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Right, right. <laughs> I think there's a part where, like, the Metal Gear Solid dog just straight up starts going into, like, one of the speeches from that game where he's like, we're going to pl- build a place where we can be ours. Because he's, like, he's building, like, an outer hive yeah, for dogs. Yeah, it's like Diamond Dogs is what they're kind of, like, he's trying to pull the it's, MGS5 reference, yeah. That's how Lady Killer in a Bind ends, too. There's an extended Metal Gear Solid riff monologue at the for the climax okay, of the game. The, okay. It's pretty great. That's bad. That's bad. At least it's at least it's not like a direct reference. It's just like, hey, we're gonna kind of copy the style of this, but this is just we're oh, okay. making a this reference. Is... Yeah, this was just haha reference, exact same dialogue basically. Like it's not a reference if you just take the dialogue and say it verbatim. You've got to do something yeah. with it. You've got to make it your own in some way. I think for me, it's just when you're trying to build like this future world, all those references just take you out of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And it's rough. Yeah. I'm, I'm not Which saying you're wrong. Maybe feels a little bit too online. Is that yes? Fair? That is a thing with this game. This game mm. even has a character that is the very representation of too online. And <laughs> they oh, kind streamer of chan. yeah, streaming chan. And they kind of missed that while they were writing her that they are probably a little too online with the script themselves. Mm. I, See, I think like, a game that a game like this that was as spread as it was like i feel like this was a lot of people they were buddy buddy with a lot of other people yeah. who were kind of big published yeah. game devs and then they were kind of boosting each other and it, it feels a little club it sounds a little clubhouse yeah like i get that, that. it's fine but it's just like if it's shoehorned in in a way that just feels unnatural you're taking everybody out of the experience and it looks like you're just wanking each other off yeah mm-hmm. oh definitely like yeah like streamer chan if that's based on somebody, I don't know who. I'm not she sure. T- I don't think it is. I think she's a great yeah. character, though. 
<laughs> that's what I'm saying. She was fine. She didn't bug me at all. She fit in the universe. Yeah. It's just like this, you know. Like I see this. Be- I see this being a thing. Like she's very yeah, believable. She's, yeah. Like, there's a lot of good characters that fit. It's just when you hit one of the ones that doesn't. Yeah. It's Which jarring. that's not often. It's not often. Like this is a cast. This is a, this is a game with a huge cast of characters, and I think that like ninety percent of them are fine. I don't know if it's that huge. I for, would, I would you know, like. I would say it's that huge. Or to... Okay. So I, I didn't like the references. Is just what right. I'm taking like ten minutes to say. Right. So first arc, mm-hmm. very sad in general, but like understated. Yeah. And then second arc, something real bad happens oh, to Jill. Boy, a big old thing just comes in, and you're just like, oh, I just got torpedoed. Oh no, yeah. my feelings. What the fuck is happening to them? So it's not it's not something like directly bad happening to her, but it's, you know, information that is bad and things yeah, yeah. suck for a while. Oh and that that whole arc is rough. Where <gasps> they... she's like unable to focus on work and like everyone is like talking to her like, Hey Jill, you okay? And she's like, No, <laughs> basically <laughs> No, my life is absolute shit right now and I would like to die. Do you want something to drink? Yeah. So it goes from like this kind of quiet, understated sadness to this very overt, in-your-face oh. sadness, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think my two favorite scenes in the game. I think I don't. This might have been how Act One ended. Is mm-hmm. when Boss stays over. Yeah. I think I think that's the end of Act One. That's a yeah. I think so. Yeah. Like that's a really yeah. really good scene. Just every scene that's kind of takes you out of yeah the routine. I really appreciated. Yeah. I like. There's that just a button to just drink some more beer. Drink more beer. I don't think it really... Getting drunk doesn't affect anything, but you get a drunk meter anyway. (laughs) It doesn't do anything, but it's just like you're just chilling, and every once in a while, if another character's talking, you just hit that drink button, take a little sip. (laughs) And it's just... It's a very lived-in moment, I guess. It really I'm is. Just getting really to spend is. And they're, they're, they're like, nice. having a conversation that really fucking makes sense. They're digging deep into the shit at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I was sad when there were several other instances where it seemed like they were going to do a scene mm-hmm. kind of outside the norm. Yeah. Like when Dorothy comes over. Yeah. And then it just jumps oh, forward in time. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. Like, even the ending where they're like, oh, now we're going to have a big party, and then just cuts to credits. And yeah. You're just like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Like I kind of figured, I kind of saw that one coming based on how long the previous scene was, but yeah. that was still kind of a bummer. Yeah, like, felt like some scenes. It felt like some had. of that stuff kind of probably had to be shortened up just because, like, we yeah. don't have the time slash money to do it. Yeah, I think my favorite scene in the whole thing though is when Jill becomes the customer. That is such a cool moment that you don't see happening. And it's really, really good. Like the conversation they have yeah. there is—it's heavy. Like the, the like the the back half of that game just gets real fucking heavy. It's a great conversation and just getting to see Jill. Yeah. Instead of being her for a bit. Yeah. And just she's very sad looking. She really <laughs> she's not having a good time. No, she's she's having a rough go at things right now. Yeah. Um, yeah all the Dorothy hugs in the world, like as as amazing <laughs> as those probably are, it's just not going to pull you out of it. Dorothy's so good, best character. Because I'm because I'm very immature. Dorothy, I laugh at all her dumb <laughs> shit. <laughs> her and Streaming Chan are like the perfect. Fu- like, I needed more time with those two on screen at the same time because. 
at the same, it, would, it would have been too much. It would have been too much. It would have been the right kind of too much, though. Yeah. Like, who has, just... who has the grossest fuck story? <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy just has so many great one-liners. God. Like, I can't believe I'm using the spare tongue this early in the night. <laughs> about everything yeah. and it's not even flaunting it or anything it's just who oh, she is I think, I think she's very much flaunting I think that there, like, she says, humor. there are things that she says obviously to make people uncomfortable but I think a large part oh, of yeah. her I think a large part of her personality is to just hey I got nothing to be ashamed of yeah um so so like I do think that like yeah she obviously says things because she she knows how to get under Jill's skin um <laughs> but a lot of the time, I think that's just Dorothy is just someone that lives very loudly. Yeah, and that's why pair, pairing her with Streaming Chan is so much. It's so good. Like you only get that dynamic once, and they go, and it's really just a hint of a scene, and then they're gone. But it's just like, oh yeah. my god, that would have been so good. <laughs> yeah. So, Act Three, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm didn't really land for me weird it, it felt weird because i felt like i wasn't sure what the game was building to uh-huh. so a lot of the like the act three just felt like kind of filling time mm-hmm. where it's they're like, obviously trying to get to a certain point yeah there's a time there's a period of time you're kind of just waiting for as well as gameplay wise uh rent is due yeah and rent is very expensive rent is ten thousand dollars that's a lot of money for rent in a game where you make like fifteen hundred dollars top every day and you have to spend some of that on your you know distraction item yeah so i ended up like not buying the distraction five or six days of distraction items and then and then laughing at the jokes she does when you're distracted at work i forget what one of them was but like one of them actually made me laugh and i was like Wait, shit! I think it said pile driver for the drink, but yeah. I wasn't sure. I was, <laughs> but I was right. But it actually briefly got me distracted enough. Yeah, to like, she question says, myself, and that was funny. She says really funny shit because she like Dor- because Jill herself is very immature, and dick jokes yeah. are the thing that do it every time. So she's got like a million dick jokes for when she's distracted, and a lot of them are genuinely funny. Oh, what's the? <laughs> there's one drink that like. There's a drink called Bad Touch, and she yeah. always laughs when people like, order it. <laughs> every single time, it gets her. <laughs> Give me a big Bad Touch. <laughs> She's just like, sure, okay. And he's just trying not to die laughing the whole time. Yeah. Like, I like the, I think, the, the entire yeah. day where we where we hung out, where, where, where Gil was a fuckboy. Gil's fuck a, boy every day. That was a oh, good I, day. Oh, I know which one you're specifically. Yeah, there's a specific day. Hey, come here, fuck boy. <laughs> there, there. So there's one running joke in this that doesn't make uh, real sense in the context of the game, but it's very funny for us. They just call this character John Face. Yeah, you've got like, a John he's Face. He's got a real John Face. <laughs> John, you have the face of someone who looks like he just fucked to death last night. <laughs> <laughs> the wording fucked to death was also super funny. That's so good. Just making it seem like a reference to Arjon. Yeah. It literally is why that line worked so much for me. 
Yeah, they just randomly keep calling this character John. John. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in general, I just kind of thought the third act mm-hmm. petered out a bit. Like, it was a bit too on the nose about every character coming back and being like, Yeah. Like, oh, having Jill, that resolution. your advice helped me in yeah. ha- having resolution for them. Yeah. And I think maybe deep down, because of how this game mirrored real life for me right now, yeah. the fact that they got to have a happy ending mm. kind of pissed me off. <laughs> I'm not ready for, thi- oh, things are actually going to be better right now. You're not, you don't want the, you, you don't want the, this is the first step towards a good thing. I just want the good thing now. No, I want them to still be miserable by the end. Oh. <laughs> I, I felt like the good ending in this was a little unearned. Because mm. mm. I'm, but that, but again, I'm protru- but that, yeah, putting you're, a you're lot projecting of myself a into that bit. of saying, I kind of don't feel like good endings in general are deserved right now. Yeah, yeah, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But yeah, the conversation at the end is very good, and I teared up a lot. Yeah, like it's. But it's just, it's kind of disconnected from the whole entire rest of the game. Yeah, like, like it, it, it kind of happens in its own little space, I feel. Um, yeah. It's a little divorced from what everybody else and the world is going through. You kind of just have that one yeah. personal moment. Uh, yeah. But. And that's almost like what you kind of have to take from this is like, the whole world is crazy, but you you can have your own little pocket of spaces. happiness. Yeah, yeah. I think that's... Where things are okay. That's exactly what that game's going for. And it's a good message, it's just one that might not land right now, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's my experience with Valhalla. Mm. I also... The way the Anna stuff... <laughs> is implemented as weird. Yeah, like, Anna is... They dropped the ball really badly on how they handled patching in the prologues and the demos after the fact. Um, Should I... uh, I should have asked you when I saw that stuff. It's like, hey, should I read the prologue? Because I I haven't actually read the prologue yet. I only did the... The the prologue and the demo, I think, are essential reading... Uh, because they contextualize a little bit. Uh, the Anna stuff just kind of comes out of nowhere if you're it's not... It's really weird. Yeah, it's just like, what I... is going on here? Like, did I just... Did I launch the wrong game? I feel <laughs> I was like just I'm like... reading an entirely different story yeah. now. I'm just like, did, did something happen in Act 1 that I forgot about? But apparently not. It's no, just it's... in a side thing on the menu. menu. Yeah, they botched that pretty hard, I think. They should have just... I would have just made like even if the, even if those were demos, I would have just ma- played anyway. Like I don't care if you played it already, just play it anyway. Yeah, because you can fast forward. I yeah. think you can fast forward super quickly, anyways, and just make the drinks. Yeah. The, the funny thing about the drink mixing is like for the first day, you know, you click what you want and you mm-hmm. drag it over, mm-hmm. and then on day two, I realized if you click, like, in the area closest to the name of the drink and yeah. the mixer yeah it'll just instantly put it in yeah so i just got real good at doing that i just used keyboard i just like, blah, 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 blah. like oh, the, really every button on the keyboard is, is one of the uh ingredients so, oh, I would, so well, by the fuck, time that's I was, way easier i was just like like when i was playing it i was just like resting my head on my right hand and like you know, advancing text with my left hand and doing drinks with one-handed so it's just like yeah oh so when they're ordering a beer you're just like one one two 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 yeah fuck, three, three, three. yeah oh, just like, fuck that's that's way easier than trying to 
click this hidden invisible spot where it'll drag it over instantly. Right. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. I'll figure it out when I because I'll probably go back and read the prologue now. Yeah, it's probably a good advice too. Uh, I think that like also like for uh, Nirvana, the next game, they're kind of like they're mixing up the drink stuff. I think they're trying to make that more authentic, and I don't know if that's going to work. It feels like we, mm. it feels like if you start adding a little too much video game to this, that it yeah. can kind of turn bad. Because I realized pretty pretty early on, like I replayed the first day to see what happens if you fucked up the drinks, mm-hmm. and the answer was like nothing. Nothing, yeah. It does seem like you've mentioned a few scenes where stuff will change. Yeah, like there are scenes where you have to give somebody the wrong drink or intentionally get them drunk when you're not supposed to. That are a little iffy and the game's not really good yeah. at signifying that stuff either yeah um, and that's how you I did notice some of the endings yeah. that's that's rough yeah. I did notice in the nerve in the Anna demo I, <laughs> the first time I was just totally fucking with her mm-hmm. I gave her like non-alcoholic drinks three times mm-hmm. and on the third one she just goes you're treating me like a kid I'm out of here <laughs> and I had a totally and it just had a totally different ending so I had to replay the thing to actually like get to the payoff of it yeah so i'm almost like is that why they didn't include it in the main game Mm. yeah it's hard to say it's it's weird yeah Yeah. but like you really need to read that one if you want to understand a part that comes later yeah absolutely let's say if you're going to go into that game if you're going to go into that game blind from this point just play the prologue and play the demo before you actually start the game the fact that it's called demo is also really weird, mm. like in the menu. Right. I was like, oh, I shouldn't play this. Like it, it scared me off actually. Oh yeah, because they kind of overstate how much that's going to actually play into what that game actually is when it's really just a visual novel. So you should yeah. play the prologue and the demo before playing Valhalla. Yeah. Is okay. Yeah. Cool. They're just in the game on the main menu in yeah. the top left now. Yeah. So, Polly, do you have anything else? Nope. Uh, I think I think we skipped over John. I think we skipped I over. I think Polly is up next. No, because we didn't do anything for John. We started with Polly. We did Higurashi. Uh huh. That's fine if you want to. No, oh, I um... see what you. I see your. I see what you're doing, <laughs> John, Brad. Jesus. Uh, no, I think I think we'll do me now. All right. Okay. <laughs> we'll do John now. Because, is, can I complain about something for a second? Sure. Go ahead. Yes. This feels very this feels very on the nose for where things are at. Mm-hmm. But there's been a smell coming from my kitchen from the pipes for a couple oh. for a couple like a week. Oh and no. I was like, I don't know what the smell is and then I asked my friend, Hey, do you know what the smell is? And we kind of <gasps> brought them over and they said, Oh, that's sewage smell. Oh and I was good. Like, oh, that's no good and I just realized like fifteen minutes ago I can kinda of smell it in my bedroom now and I'm like oh, no. there's oh, nothing leaking or anything. I looked under the sink. Bad. It sucks. Uh, have you had a lot of rain lately? Um, maybe. I mean, it, um, like, if you've had, like, perpetual downpour, I know that, like, that sort of wreaked a little havoc on our sewer system on Thursday, mm-hmm. but then it was fine the next day, but... Yeah. So I'm... I just put in a maintenance request, so hopefully that yeah, should get addressed. Yeah, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Don't um, want no damn toilet up in your house. That'd be bad. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I'm sitting here... And this is what this is what 2020 has brought me now is literally shit sewage. Like welcome, 2020 is literally just shit. So this is my this is my John actually feels bad energy. <laughs> oh no! But, like I would feel bad too if my house smelled like sewage. 
That's not it's fun. Not, it's That's not too strong. It's just like it's just like a light little extra. I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna light light a candle during the break, so I'll be better. Thank right. y'all for letting me complain on our podcast. I know that's great radio for everybody. Obviously. Um, but you know what? Hmm? Everything's okay. Because you know what? I do have some I do have some nice things you to do, bring up. You have nice things? I started like six things oh, without geez. finishing any of them. <laughs> Isn't that kind of um, like just the vibe right now, though? It feels, like, is, it feels like it's so easy to fall right into that vibe. Which, yeah, that is my I'm stressed out <laughs> vibe. So I'm, I do not have the discipline to do any of the one right. game at a time lifestyle right yeah. now. So I am... I've started like six things. I, I, I started Wonderful 101 because I backed that. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems delightful so far. I'm really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, it's, which is a shame because if I didn't like it, then I could say, uh, you should turn 101 degrees and walk away. <laughs> John. Yeah? John, had you finished Resident Evil by the time we did the last podcast? That was what I wanted to bring up. I did not finish oh, Resident sorry. Evil. Um, <laughs> I because sure. I started Wonderful 101 because I was like, I want more... Capcom, Capcom adjacent action, <laughs> right? And that's and that's definitely what Kamiya stuff brings. And I want and R- yeah. RE4 that game's real good, y'all. That game is so fucking good. I, I think it's I had really good. I start. I was right at the start of the castle when we oh wow, did our yeah. Pod, so I had a big chunk of video game left, and that game goes goes real hard. It's mm. real good. Um, some highlights: the whole build up to the fight with Salazar, with Napoleon guy. Um, oh, yeah, it, yeah. They have, they have this big sequence where you're, like, at a tower, and then you go into his tower leading up to his throne room, and there's, like, they have two of the mini-boss who fought, the blind mini-boss who fought earlier in the room, so it's, like, very, it feels very endgame-y. Um, you can fight your way through that, and then he drops you, and you have to do, like, this whole underground section, and when you finally do get to him, it feels very cool and climactic. Right. Um, uh, what's the name of Krauser? The Krauser boss on the island yeah. section. Yeah. Um, that's just fucking a real good fucking set piece moment. It's mm-hmm. a real good set piece moment because it just it just uses like it's it's an opportunity to use every tool. Yeah. That you have basically. Yeah. Um, because most of the bosses in that game are we designed a set piece that. We designed a special set piece where you have to. They're they're mostly very very easy and straightforward. Yeah, is what I found. Um, it's like they knew that hey we have, um, we have limited ammo. We're doing the whole. We're still a Resident Evil game. Mm-hmm. We don't. Yeah. Let's make the boss fights like dramatic but very fair. Yeah, and to the point where like once you figure them out, it's all they're it's all very straightforward, easy and pattern based. Yeah. Um. Krauser was like, and Krauser was that too, but Krauser was like, I have like eight distinct phases of... Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of QTE for one boss fight. Well, there's QTE, but it's also just like the whole game. There's the place where you're like running around mazes. Yeah. There's a place yeah. where you fight like fighting these drones as he jump, he'll jump around corners and surprise mm-hmm. attack you in, in certain places. And then you have to have these tense shootouts with him. Yep. And then he flashbangs away. There's a section where he's sniping at you, and you have to, like, shoot from behind cover. There's a section where you push a statue onto a switch to open a door! (laughs) Yeah! Yes! It is very Resident Evil. It is the most... 
It feels like um, it feels Metal Gear Solid. It feels yeah. like a Metal Gear Solid set piece, but with Resident Evil vocabulary. Yeah. Um, and I, that was I think that was definitely my favorite boss in, the, in that game. Was the Krauser fight, and and the ending is very tense and excellent with a three minute timer that yeah. I beat him and then had one second on the timer and then died. And it was very funny. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, he like grows that arm. It's it's a rival fight where he has the same. He's using a lot of the same guns as you. He's using the same a lot of the same items. It's, yeah. So okay. it, that that's always good, but they do it so well there. Yeah. Um, climax is a little bit weak, right? It's just a, yeah, it's not. Su- it's not super. Like, it's not. Just kinda, it's just kind of a one phase final boss. Yeah, and then, it's uh, not escape. going as it's not going as hard as you'd think it would. It's not going as hard cons- considering like the the Krauser fight and several other fights preceding it, and then the escape sequence has no enemies in it. Yeah. So it's uh, so it's like the it's a it's not like the Krauser fight. Every weapon you have is useful. Like yeah. I was using Magnum. I was using my all my grenades i was using everything you have is useful Mm -hmm. the um the actual final boss you shoot an eyeball and then jump on it and then you do a qt to jump on it and stab it in the eye which is literally (laughs) just the elegante fight again yeah exactly and then you and then you like use the contextual item to hit it with some girders and then hit him with the contextual rocket launcher yeah so it does not it i think that would have come across better if they'd had like a pretty a beefier escape sequence where yeah. you actually given the opportunity to use all these tools you hoarded for the whole game mm-hmm. um so a little weak i think compare i think devil may cry like that no that's a climax you know yeah, for compare, what's, what's the name of, what's the name of the last boss in Saddler. oh saddler yeah oh, saddler i think it's i think a lot of the problem they run into is that Sadler is just kind of boring as a character. Yeah, he's especially not. in a game that has Salazar and uh, Krauser in it. Yeah, and those are such good kind of climaxes to them. Mm, yeah, he kills. That, he kills you know, um, Lewis, so you have a relationship with him. Yeah, but it's not a lot. No, uh, and then he just kind of turns into a big monster, and it's not even like a particularly yeah. impressive big monster. No, it's, it's just like okay, you you made a video game monster. That is a boss that would be in. In Final Fantasy X, mm. versus yeah. versus you know as far as Resident Evil successors, Devil May Cry's climax where right. they have a fucking <laughs> space harrier fight and then a really good boss fight mm-hmm. and there's a rival fight before that mm-hmm. and then there's an escape sequence where you actually have to fight enemies and the boss attacks you one more time for yep. third phase yep. per- and you have then you have an escape sequence on top uh, a vehicle <laughs> escape sequence like as far as escaping islands go with Lady in Stowe. Like, I feel like Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry kind of got that. A little bit better. That one a little better. Did DMC come out like a year or two earlier? It came out significantly earlier. Yeah, it was like Like, 2001. Okay, I never had a PS2, so I wasn't Mm. sure. Mm. So, so I'm the climax to Bayonetta. There's ending the Bayonetta. Oh yeah, I'm comparing all of these in my brain. I'm comparing all the Mikami and Kamiya stuff. It's all just going into the Capcom file of. All right, how do these fit together? I think Devil May Cry 1 might still be my favorite. <laughs> the DMC one has it's so ridiculous. Good. It's such a fucking fantastic climax. So good. It goes so hard, and I love the rest of the game, too. And it's not it's very, and it's not too long, but it doesn't yeah. feel that short either. Um, I really like Devil May Cry 1. I like it a little <laughs> bit more than Bayonetta. And maybe a little, and a little bit more than Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Resident Evil 
probably like Resident Evil 4 more than Bayonetta because it has more of that Resident Evil energy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think I like Devil May Cry more than Resident Evil 2, though, because it's got <laughs> this a is... little... Resident Evil 2 is too much Resident Evil energy compared to Devil May Cry. You know, it, it all fits <laughs> I together. Get, I get where you're going. <laughs> I mean, you're comparing, like, some of the greatest games of all time, so it's like... It's, it's like, fine. Yeah, like there's literally nothing. Children. There's nothing wrong here. I just can't pick a favorite child. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm. It's rough. It. Yeah, it's Devil May Cry One. That's my favorite child. <laughs> but these other children are great. I love Devil May Cry Three. I love Resident Evil Four. I love Bayonetta. Mm. Um, I mean, I've got. I'm now that I've got my Wii and PS2 and Dreamcast all set up. I can jump in with like several other Resident Evils whenever I want now, yeah. which is nice. Uh, I can jump in with remake. In two I weeks from Monica. Two weeks from now, you'll be like. I definitely do not love Code Veronica. <laughs> That's so funny because again, I have I had a friend, I had that friend who was like, I hate Code Veronica. Yeah. I ran out of resources. I know a lot of people oh, don't my. like Code Veronica because Code Veronica is hard. Okay, so so it is a hard one. I think it's a hard video game. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because that's, yeah, that's... I think people people seem to hate the cheese in that one. Yeah, like, of all of the Resident Evil cheese that kind of gets bashed, it's like, why is one beloved and why is one just kind of shit on? Like, and, like, Code Veronica just kind of gets shit on for its cheese. It's like, yeah, okay, it's got cheese, it's got bad voice acting, but fucking Resident Evil, what is your problem? And this game came out at a time when Resident (laughs) Evil was still bad voice acting and, like, really silly plot. Yeah, and then it got to rate RE4, where it was all kind of nailed down perfectly. All serious from there on out. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh my god, RE4's cheese is so on point. They have it's so, so like good. it's so, they have so much where, fun. That is a game that knows how fucking funny it is. And it's it so funny. Runs with it. It's so funny, like everyone... and then when when they exploded to like when that guy explodes in the centipede monster in the burning barn, it's <laughs> still like this is a little scary. Oh shit. It's a little little icky. Little, eh. a little icky. Yeah, right. I think that game just manages toning incredibly well because yeah. like I think a lot of people just remember it as the village section, but then you get to the castle and it's a little scary. But yeah. then Salazar is also goofy as shit. Yes. yes. But then you have like the re- are they regenerators? Yeah. Oh my like, god! Fucking they fucking suck. I hate them. They're scary. They're like <laughs> they're yeah. So scary. Like if there is a scary enemy in the game, it's the regenerators. And then they yeah, like I was like look a little bit goofy, which like softens it. But then like two rooms later, they have all right. So instead of looking like smooth Ken dolls, they're covered in spikes and they run up and try to impale you and now they look awful. So now on top of everything and you have to shoot them from both sides and it's the worst. I figured out. That game just has one on the back. It has action and horror and humor and like it blends them all shockingly (laughs) well. Yeah, this is one of my favorite like periods of dev, I think. It's just this sort of Zero's Capcom action, epic yeah. action. Oh, yeah. Because um, it, 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 it's just, it's got it's got all these nice lessons from like arcadey stuff, but mm. with this, with like this budget, but it doesn't feel like compromised by the yeah. scale of the production, no, like some other stuff does. Like this is a game that got to be everything it wanted to be. Uh, like I don't yeah. feel this is a game was that that got told no at any point, which is amazing. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it's like kinda... 15 plus hours long. It feels so. It feels so epic, and the yeah. fact that it maintains so much energy for that whole game is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fucking love Resident Evil Four. That was a great time. Yeah. Um, 
This is why I'm kind of scared of them remaking it because there's so much in that game. Like, it's not just the village or the castle. Like, there's still many more areas after that. It's just like, Mm -hmm. you guys had to kind of trim Resident Evil 2, and that's already a much smaller game. It's already, like, a a five-hour game. Like, I just, I don't... This game is not... This game in no way needs a remake. This game is 100% fine, as is. So it's like, are you guys just going to, like... I think... Could you imagine if they Final Fantasy VII did and just did the village or something? Like they're gonna and then stretched it out. They're gonna fucking they're gonna rip all the character out of that game because like as much as I like the RE2 yeah. remake, it's so dry and serious. It it, mm. t- it took uh, it took a lot though. of that charm that 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 original game had and just sucked it out. What it created is fine. RE2 remake is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it is bone fucking dry and straight laced as shit yeah and then the second loop stuff like yeah might have better been better not there than yeah, in there I, yeah so that's yeah that's I, I have no idea what they could be doing with that and like, I, really... I'm just I'm just hoping it's not true I, that's all I can do at this point. It's like we, we don't <laughs> fucking need a remake. It just do Code Veronica. Do Code Veronica. Exactly. Like if you want another stab or something, people say that Code Veronica's bad. Okay, go make the good Code Veronica then. If people say that that's the bad. I mean, one. people yeah. said RE3 was bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm not <laughs> hearing and great about that remake. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not hearing a lot of great stuff about the RE3 remake. I was talking about the original too. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not a lot of, not a lot of praise for that one either. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for whatever they're doing next, but this whatever they're doing now, it's it's very separate from the yeah. Yeah. from the things that I'm interested in. Yeah, um, which is like probably probably more like God Hand Vanquish, more yeah, com- more more one of one one. That's sort of the tail end. Mm. Yeah, right. Played Vanquish. I haven't played Vanquish. I'm excited. I, they oh, did a re- re-release. Yeah. I haven't played. I played very little um, Mikami stuff. Mm. I oh. played more Kamiya. Um, so I'm 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 jazzed. Mm. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up. Sure. Um, this is sort of a game design thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so did y'all see? <laughs> did y'all see that fucking Sudoku meme make the rounds? Yeah. The yeah. there was a Sudoku that got passed. It was a video of a guy solving a Sudoku. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a 30 minute video, mm-hmm. and it was a Sudoku with two given digits. Just two, which is mathematically impossible for a normal Sudoku. Yeah. But it had yeah. a couple extra rules, which is that um, they couldn't be digits could not be um, a king's move away from each other. So if you have a one, then you can't have a one right next to it, even if it's in another cell in row, mm. like even like yeah. that. Um, they can't be a knight's move away from each other. Mm. With me so far? I'm with you. Uh-huh. And they couldn't. Are you be... Polly? Because Polly does no chess, so I don't know. Okay, and they could. Um, two consecutive digits couldn't be right next to each other orthogonally, which is the opposite of diagonally. Oh. So a two can't be right next to yeah. a one. A three can't be right next to a two, two yeah. or a four. Or a four. There you go. So, so left, they... left, right, up, down. Left, right, up, down. Okay. So. I saw this and I was like, okay, this looks like a juicy puzzle. And I wrote it down and I took three days and I actually figured it out and I felt very proud of myself. Nice. 
Um, I have been violently anti-Sudoku online, <laughs> publicly. Yes, yeah. Um, violently anti-Sudoku. Anti uh, more so anti-Picross, because mm, I think Picross is yeah. even dumber, uh -huh. um, somehow. Um, I think it's because Picross... We'll get to that. Um, basically, my my statement was that once you understand the basic rules and logic of Sudoku, mm -hmm. um, once you've solved like 20 of them, there isn't any point to doing more. You're no. just jerking off. Yeah, basically. That Well, that was what I was thinking. So this is Cracking the Cryptic was the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And I watched, I, I solved that puzzle and then I watched that one. And then I watched several other things and saw a puzzle and I was like, fucking... Zack in the chat going, Picross is the best puzzle game. Isn't that his uh, shtick, though, to just be as contradictory as possible? It's fine. It's fine. I think Zack specifically does this about, about Picross when I bring it up. Right. Um, so I kept seeing puzzles on this, and I was like, oh, shit, that's a nice twist on Sudoku rules. That's making me think about it in different ways. Huh. Um, and I kept watching the videos after doing trying the puzzles, and the way that these two dudes talk about the puzzles um i i made a couple realizations and that's that a hard sudoku isn't just one where you have to ultimately like copy down the board and guess and mm -hmm. then solve to see if you um solve to see if it contradicts itself um he calls that bifurcation one of them calls it bifurcation and generally he never does that he never does that because these are these are puzzles made by humans and they're designed to be solved with logic and not require guesswork. Mm. So sometimes those require like more sophisticated techniques. Um, but he tries to solve everything with logic. And I was like, oh, so Sudoku puzzles aren't just kind of randomly generated mm. by a computer. And sometimes they're just bullshit. And that's what being a hard Sudoku means where you just have to tediously copy it down and then solve it and then see, oh, no, that didn't work, so I guess that was wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but they're actually, like, logic puzzles intentionally crafted by people. And once I kind of made that realization, I was able to see, like, these are actually, there's actually, like, some craft to making these, even the ones that don't have the weird fancy rules, although those are still my favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's such a thing as like a good Sudoku um, and that was like a really cool realization for me to have and it made and so I've just kept thinking through like solve it, like doing these puzzles and I downloaded the three apps they have a a thermal Sudoku uh, th sandwich Sudoku in which there are digits <laughs> along the edges kind of like Picross that I like, say I like the sandwich part yeah I like sandwiches too <laughs> where they say um, the digits between one and nine in this row or column add up to this number. Mm -hmm. So if it's 35, uh, then you know that one and nine are at the opposite ends of the row or column uh, because all from the digits from two to eight add up to 35. Right. But right. if it's zero, then you know they're right next to each other. And then from there in the middle, there's a little more wiggle room. Mm. So I solved a bunch of those. And then there's thermo uh. Sudoku. Which is, they have draw a bunch of little thermometers on the board. What? And starting at the bulb of the thermometer, um, the numbers must get higher as they go along, in addition to all normal Sudoku rules. 
And then they have a chess Sudoku app, which is the same thing, except they can't be a knight Sudoku. Knights move away from each other. Um, so I'm just, like, playing these, and I've solved, like, 50 of these mm-hmm. in the last <sighs> month. Um, and I'm just like, oh, shit. I, I kind of get, like, puzzles and what I kind of always liked about these things. And it's not that... Um, it do- it doesn't have to be jerking off like these are differentiated, mm-hmm. and it made me think about like Pokemon puzzles, and it made me think about like all other kinds of logic puzzles that I like, and it made me excited about the idea of like doing more puzzle design or like maybe doing paper puzzle design, because um, I drew I made logic puzzles and shit as a kid. I would draw I would draw mazes, I draw word searches, I draw, and then I'd actually like make logic puzzles. Um, and I just haven't thought about puzzle design seriously, basically. Mm. There, I even got to one in RE4 where I actually like to put it on a pen and paper, and I was like, I know it was the one where you're flipping around portraits to get them oh, adding up yeah. to the right number. Yeah. And I was like, I know I can guess this, but I'm just going to actually like solve actually, it without... Yeah, I solved that. Yeah, I didn't and I was puzzle like, it. I was... Yeah, yeah that, that's the funny thing, is that we pl- I did play Helltaker mm-hmm. and got my ass kicked, and like Ted... <laughs> that's had so weird to me! <laughs> And had at least one puzzle that took me, like... Word searches are still bullshit, obviously. Obviously. Uh, but I, I had, like, one puzzle that I took, like, three days on. Like, every day I came back to it for, like, 10 or 15 oh minutes. Like, God. What the fuck? I, I, it was number nine. I, was yeah, like, I know fuck? that puzzle took me a while. But I just did not see the but way she... forward. I was, like, every, I was like, there's, like, 40 steps in there. And I was just, like, every step, like, all right, I have to do this. Because if I make this move, it will. Yeah, I can't solve it. I have to, do, and I reasoned it out for every step, oh, and then I still wow. got to the end and couldn't do it. And I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Uh, and the solution was very satisfying. I was like, "With that um, game, yeah, right." With that game, I knew to not keep trying to do the same thing because yeah. that's how I got, would get stuck in Buzz You is like thinking something had to be done a certain way. So there's one puzzle where I just tried like five different openings and kept, kind of kept rotating them until I eventually figured out, oh, this is the one that actually works. I was trying to be, like, logical. Like, I, I'll rule this out. I've solved that. Now what? So the answer is within this yeah. possibility space, and then I continuously narrow that possibility space <laughs> until there is none left! Yeah. I only had... I was it's like, just, if, if you think something is required, you think you've narrowed it down, and you're wrong, you are so fucked. Yeah. That's that's yeah. what's that's you got to be real d- careful doing that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I did pull out my an old Sokoban prototype I did in Puzzle Script for a specific gimmick, <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is nice, oh, and it's nice. a little bit horny. So I was like, this fits the mood. Um, the zeitgeist, <laughs> the hell, the hell ticker zeitgeist. Yep. Um, so it's still we're, continuing on my Twitter feed to this I'm, moment. I'm okay with moment. this. I'm okay with I'm, this. I, it is a good vibe. Yeah. Um, that ending was very cute, by the way, Paul. It Thank really you for recommending. Is. Thank you for getting all of us to play Helltaker. I was surprised. Like, I, like the next day, like seven people have played Helltaker <laughs> for the first time. Popped up on my uh, Steam list. I mean, it's free and an hour long. You can't ask. Yeah, for much like, more. You can, like I'm not asking you to make a hard commitment here, and you can skip mm. the fucking puzzles if you want. I did that a couple times. I started, I skipped episode nine and just jumped in. I want to see the ending. I want to see the ending. And then I did it a little bit. And then I was like, uh, no, I don't want to. I no, want to solve it. No. 
<laughs> I don't want to be a baby. That's like me uh, trying to like not actually play through and finish Zenosaga episode two back in the day. Literally, like watching, try, oh get, going to watch as much of it on YouTube as I could. Like, no, I gotta go play it. God, that's funny. Um, so yeah, this is just kind of like made me excited about puzzles again in mm-hmm. a way, which is very cool and like right. actual what's actually fun which is logic which is figuring out rules and then applying them and then thinking through it thoughtfully and then having like this grid there's that zelda sudoku that got passed around which is very cute i watched somebody stream solve that and it was really really fun it's so cute i played i I played a chunk of it and i was like you get to the shadow temple and the and the gimmick is that some of the clues on this board are lies yep oh (laughs) jeez right that's so cool um, so and and I've seen more puzzles like that. They're like, oh, this is a Sudoku, where some of the puzzle, some of the clues are X number of the clues are lies according to these rules, and you just have to like, oh fuck, oh yes, this so is the that, shit. That, that was the other thing is that there are an infinity number of variations of new kinds of puzzles. Yeah. I don't ha- just have to solve Sudokus over and over. I can solve all these other variations and new puzzles. Like I did a bunch of star battles, which are this cool puzzle and then i i somebody linked me another puzzle and then i play i found a site that like made computer generated ones and then i solved them a little bit and then i upped it to hard and then i was like i don't think this is actually logic out i think this is the computer made some bullshit for me oh i don't like this (laughs) the computer regurgitated and this is your meal for the day enjoy yeah the cracking the cryptic apps they're very specific it's only like 50 puzzles total yeah on these on these like five dollar apps yeah and they're and they're all hand tested and they, i think they even have like a hint feature where like at any point when you're stuck mm-hmm. they will give you give you the next step as a hint and then explain the logic of it oh, like, oh that's that's cute so i don't know so so yeah polly i think um polly's been what's the word for um, lying about being bad at something to grip, grit, not grift. Um, hustling. I think Polly's been hustling us about puzzles this whole time. Because yeah. she she finished Helltaker, which is obviously an yeah. impossibly hard. It's very game. difficult. It's like literally no human being can do it. Mm-hmm. And then you it was a couple trickier of than I expected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then he solved that Resident Evil puzzle couple. on paper, which which took me like twenty minutes. <laughs> I was just like. <laughs> I want to solve this. Well, that, that oh, was just me back in the day. It was literally like, I know, like, this is very much something you could just fucking guess at and get it. But I, I just wanted to, I like, I was very into that game and doing everything I could to get as much out of it as I could. So that was mm-hmm. why I, pu- like, that is why I puzzled that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think Polly might be hustling us about And, and I puzzled I out Helltaker be. because it's sexy. <laughs> That's true. So I think you might just need the right motivation. I just need the right motivation. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or horny. If by, exactly. by this, you had cute my girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been my exciting puzzle journey into the world of weird Sudoku. That's, yeah. Like, I knew the Sudoku well oh, was getting question. real weird. <laughs> yeah, right? Is does this feel different than when you play something like TIS 100? Because, um, like, yes. these have singular I mean, true solutions where that's more comfortable. Yeah. Shenzhen IO... Zactronics games are, like, base, are more like programming, where it's more like you're solving a problem. 
mm-hmm. and it's a little similar, yeah. but it's it's not. They're still bots. Yeah. But yeah. when you solve a Sudoku, you've beaten it completely, basically. But yeah. with a, with those electronics puzzles, it's like, mm, I could have done that more efficiently. Mm. Yeah. Um, That's what I thought was really interesting when I played Infinite Minor, or whichever one I played, Infinite Infinite Factory? or something. Infinite Factory. Factory. That's yeah. Cool. Where it's like, yeah, you can logic it out and figure it out a way, a way of doing it, but then you see the stats at the end. It's like, oh... People solve this way faster or with significantly less steps. Mm-hmm. Mm. So and there is like there is they a don't have the one true solution. And there is a whole big part of the Sudoku community which is about speed solving, which is about okay. Obviously, we can all solve all these puzzles effortlessly. <laughs> right. Um, we're all mega super super big brain geniuses. Mm. Um, there's one where he's like, now this is an insanely hard puzzle because one of our testers, who's one of the top speed solvers in the world, it took him 19 minutes to solve this puzzle, which <laughs> you should know is absurd. Right, <laughs> right. So, it, so there is that there is that extra level beyond just being able to understand the logic and solve mm-hmm. it. It's like being able to process it quickly. Yeah, I only want so to do Sudoku. That's so me because you only get one shot on those. Yes, true. See, like I only want to done them. It's like, <laughs> yeah, Polly. I only want to do Sudoku if it's saving a cute girl from an incinerator. That is the <laughs> only time I'm ever doing Sudoku. So yeah, and in the past you did uh, you, were, you did in fact face that scenario, and then you did not do this. And then I did not do I did not do the puzzle myself. No, I let Rhett. Do I that. get a DM. <laughs> he goes, "Do you know how to do Sudoku?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I just made him do it. I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm not doing it." <laughs> And then, like, ten minutes later, I get to that part of the game. It's literally not even a hard one. (laughs) And then they took it out. And then they took it out and replaced it with a worse puzzle! John does the Sudoku to incinerate the girl faster, says Chad. Oh my god. (laughs) 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 That's very funny. (laughs) So, yeah, I think... Okay. I think I will keep that in mind if I make puzzle games. It's okay. How can we make this horny? Because that does seem to be that does seem to help. That can help absolutely. <laughs> it helped. It powered me through Helltaker. Exactly. I was like, yeah, I want to do this. I, I, like at any given time, I have a wealth of good puzzle script games, mm-hmm. puzzle script games I can play. But I'm not usually in the mood for like raw Sokoban energy. Yeah, <laughs> just kind of uncut Sokoban <laughs> up in me. I need. I need Sokoban cut with the right amount of horny. Uh, with the way. right amount of horny. Yeah. Which is how I've been making them, so. <laughs> Alright, I'm done. That All was right. my sit hour. How about a five minute break? Sure. And yeah. then we will come I mean, back. basically, we don't really have anything else, right? Nah. Like, I think Rhett said he had something, and then we're going to get out of here, I think... probably. <gasps> uh, so, we ready, to get, we ready to get out of here, then? <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Holly. Alright, I want to thank you everybody. anything else? I... Hmm. I mean, I, do I, it. Other than getting ready for this podcast, I don't know. Okay, do it. okay, you got me. You got me. I played through Mighty Number no. Nine again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, you did. I actually did. What? <laughs> no. Oh, Rhett. No, you fuck. Rhett was fucking with me too. Uh-huh. Red going in hat. I literally today I played Mighty Number no. Nine. 
Yeah, I'm this not, isn't a goof. I forgot about this. I'm not shitting you. I literally played. I've even got proof. I've even got proof. I am. I don't worry. I'm getting on your Steam page now. <laughs> oh, we said nothing about Steam. Yeah, you played the. <laughs> this won't fly really well with audio, obviously. But is that what you call taking a dump now? Is that what you call? T- I replayed Mighty Number no. Nine today. I replayed Mighty Number no. Nine. Yes. All right, here. I played Mighty Number no. Nine. I am not bullshitting anybody. Ah, I see. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm satisfied with this resolution. Yeah. But uh, I. I don't. I don't think I really did anything else though. So I guess we can go ahead and start wrapping up. Uh, John, where yeah. can the internet people find you? Wait a minute. What? I still have more stuff to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not just skipping your thing. You're skipping me entirely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Rhett, what did you do? Um, I played. <laughs> Motherfucker. I've been playing the Wonderful 101. Oh, hey! Tell us a bit about the Wonderful 101. Which John has been, too. Yeah, I'm after talking Hmm? a little bit about that. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about the Wonderful 101. No spoilers! So, where are you, John? Like, Like mission-wise? I I needed to... Uh, I was like, I'm I'm ready to Higurashi. (laughs) I noticed the thing where both of us got a couple missions in and then started playing other things. (laughs) And I was like, hmm. It's a little telling... The, mess- that, hey, the, the missions are really long, Rhett. They're really long. So really long. They're weirdly long. The pacing kind of reminds me of Beautiful Joe, but uh-huh. like maybe even more extreme. Oh where yeah. Where it's just like I, I don't know how many missions there are, but it could be as low as like six, I think. Mm. But they're but they're that would very make me feel long. Feel better about it. If there's if there aren't a trillion, if there aren't a lot I of these because because the missions yeah. the individual missions are like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes long. Yeah, it's a lot. But that, but then, like each, it's but the, they're like three acts each, so they end up being like an hour. And I think yeah, exactly. when it says when it says twenty minutes, it's just counting in game time. Mm, it's like that all the cutscenes. I don't don't because I I replayed one of them and I looked at the clock and I beat it like twenty minutes later and it was like you played twelve minutes. I was like, hmm, okay, mm. okay, I see what you're doing here. You're oof, not counting cutscenes. Okay, I think that game is good but it is conceptually flawed like mm. i just i just can't get into that viewpoint like the angle that it plays at you you brought that up and i was a little kind of confused because i was like well it seems to be communicating everything like i can see I the enemy tells i'm kind of with red on this one like i played this game I... a little way back and this game was did not jive with me camera wise at all i do not like the viewpoint weird because it, it seems like it's like, like as yeah. communicative as it could be, basically. I, I'm not I saying you're all wrong. I'm just kind of confused. Yeah. Trying to parse There's it just out. something about it that is just strange to me. Like it feels like it has no depth mm-hmm. in the image. It's just like that's my problem. At, it's just at this awkward 45 degree angle, and everything looks kind of flat for some reason. Mm-hmm. And like the camera, because the characters are super tiny, but the environments are super large. It always feels like it's zoomed in and zoomed out too much mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, either it's zoomed out and I can see everything, but then I can't see the individual characters like at, at all 
specifically the one you're controlling, obviously, is the most important because they have the little circle around them, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. like immediately gets lost when it's really hectic. Or the camera's like zoomed in and the environments like between enemy encounters, I have like no idea which way to go. And that's kind of a minor thing. No, I, like, I, the, I I get that. Whenever it zooms in like that, I'm like, I, I'll actually like go into the like changing yeah. modes so that just that it'll zoom out and show me the whole environment. Just, yeah, it's weird. It's like Which because you have no manual camera control. Like, yeah, running around between missions, it's too close. Like, because the environments are so kind of overscaled to make mm-hmm. everybody fit. Because mm-hmm. it's it's like how in Xenoblade, like everything is just obscenely huge. Yeah, the train the train in the first mission is very funny. Where like it's <laughs> oh <laughs> god, yeah, that's the school bus is like yeah, where every every train car is like an auditorium. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I just immediately accepted that as, like, part of the setting. Like, hey, this is a very silly train. <laughs> That's, yeah, that one's definitely kind of cheesy. But I think in general, like, everything is just huge. Mm-hmm. But still feels small in a weird way. I don't know. But, like, I towards for the first couple missions, I definitely actually had a lot of trouble still seeing enemy tells. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for some reason, I think part of my problem is that the block I think has a delay on it because it takes like a split second for the, for your characters to kind of form up into that shape mm-hmm. and actually deflect the attack. Whereas the dodge, I think you get invincibility frames like instantly. That mm-hmm. one feels just much more responsive than the block does. By the block, you get that big, strong response. Yeah. Really yeah. Good. When the block works, it's fine, but it's like either I'm blocking and it's, it turns out to be an attack that you can't block. You have to dodge or, there's some enemies later on that will like wind up an attack almost like in a Dark Souls way where they'll wind up a little bit longer than they think you you think yeah, they're going I to. Yeah, I totally get that. So that they Just hit you after your shield has worn off. And it's like, oh, you motherfucker. Mm-hmm. That's always fun. The timing there is, I, I, I enjoy parsing that. Like Luca does that sometimes where there's a yeah. couple enemies where they have like extra long wind up animations and it's just yeah. made to fuck with you. Yeah. Is... Did you fight a character who gives you like a big long monologue at the start and then? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Fun. His fight is interesting because he just has like a hundred of his own goons to make the same shapes you're doing. Mm. So it's like a mirror fight, which you know these games always do. Yeah. But like, it's so chaotic when you have two hundred characters on screen, both drawing <laughs> shapes to make weapons. It's just nonsense. <laughs> Like, I can imagine, I've seen people talk about, like, if you're not the one playing, it just looks like nothing it's is happening. It's absolute chaos. I, I watched a Chip Cheesem LP of this game back in the day, and the dude's really good at making these games make sense, and even mm, that yeah. shit is just absolute chaos. Yeah. The one th- I will say some things I do like about the game, I actually really like drawing the shapes. Huh. Like, I don't have any trouble doing the actual right, movements, right. and I think... It's very easy with the stick for me. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently the stick was in the Wii U version. You didn't have to actually draw oh. on the screen. Oh, weird. And I, think, I wonder how I missed that. Yeah. I think the fact that... Because I did watch a little video on like praising this game before it came out. And mm-hmm. like, the fact probably that watched switching... the same video. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that switching weapons is a mechanic is interesting. Because yeah. in other games, it's just a button press. Or button even press. worse, yeah. going to a menu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like the way you draw the shape and how big it is determines how many of your units go into it which oh i didn't parse that i was just thought i didn't know i didn't no, know you that wanna, you want to draw it as big as possible yeah definitely no 
Okay, that makes sense. Like, basically, you draw it as big as possible, and you get like ten seconds with everyone in it, and then it goes back to like kind of the smallest possible one afterwards. And you'll and you will see your damage drop off like dramatically. So, huh. you, like, you actually want to keep drawing it over and over as big as possible. Once you get the whip, I think the whip is like kind of the best multi-use weapon, and it's very easy to draw as well because. Mm. You just do kind of anything to draw. It's it's just a squiggle. So yeah. it's like, if if it doesn't recognize any of the other shapes, it basically goes, that's oh, probably that. the whip. Yeah, yeah. it seems pretty good about recognizing them for me so far. Yeah, mm. but in general, there's one, the hammer, I had trouble with at the start because I didn't realize I was like doing it wrong because mm. it's a line and then a circle. Mm. So you have to kind of go up I kept and then dying on. I kept dying on a quick time event with the gun because I was, wasn't drawing it big enough. I was like, it's it's the gun! Recognize it as the gun! Come on! Yeah. But there are no consequences even, to those, so yeah. it was fine. Mm. Even in like the cinematic moments, like the bigger you draw the shape, it you'll get more points for it, the bigger that's ones. That's funny. Cool. Because that's why like you start every mission with kind of your default units, and then you pick more up as you go mm. through. Mm. So like as you once you hit that 100, like, and you can draw it as big as possible, like you get much stronger. <laughs> Like, cool. Yeah, I love that vibe. I knew I was. I parsed that much out. I was like, okay, I'm getting yeah. stronger, and it feels good. Um, but yeah, my, there, there's. Go ahead. There, there's just a lot of systems up front, and it's all kind of weird and confusing. My my basic arc with it was I I'm okay with the camera so far. So my arc with it has been like I needed to play this for 90 minutes until I could parse that it <laughs> the parts that was just Devil May Cry Bayonetta. Yeah, I was like. Like, I played it for 90 minutes, and then I figured it out what was weird and different about it, and now, okay, cool. Now I'm playing more Devil May Cry Bayonetta. Um, and so now that you now, want to play more Devil May no, Cry Bayonetta? I, I want, I, I really like that. It's just that the missions yeah. are very long. <laughs> They're very long. I think that is part of, I think that might be kind of the part of the problem with this game is like... Like, if maybe the missions were more bite-sized and kind of broken up and segmented a little yeah. more, it might feel very, a little very, less exhausting. A, lo- a, lo- a little bit more varied, a little yeah. more weird stuff, a yeah. little more like Devil May Cry 1, the best game yeah. that all games should aspire that to be. That all games yeah. should aspire to be. <laughs> there was definitely one part in one mission, like 3-2 or something, where it's like it was just a bunch of regular enemy encounters and like none of the big cinematic stuff. Mm. And like after 20 minutes of that, I was just like, yeah, this is kind of exhausting right now, <laughs> you know? Give me, give me the good shit, because I think give me that comment. Like, because boy, there's... that Act One finale was like, okay, I'm on oh, board. God, yeah, confused. that shit's crazy. And then they, and then it does the big Kamiya set piece. I did cry during the prologue a little bit because it <laughs> just had a lot one, of Sentai. You're the sentai one. Energy. You're the one hundred and first hero. I'm the one hundred and first <laughs> hero. Thank you. I need to hear that. You hear that right now. <laughs> The end of that first chapter made me go, I can't believe Bayonetta 2 is not the craziest game Platinum made on the Wii U. <laughs> but now that I'm further into this, I'm, think, I'm like actually back on the Bayonetta 2 mm-hmm. side of being the crazier <laughs> game, which is fine, because those games are yeah, insane. Yeah, those games are nuts. Yeah. Yeah, but the nuts. fact that they made two of them on the same system is still a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, I'm very excited. I'm still on board. Um, okay. The I'm just like okay, this is a much longer, more spread out game, yeah. And that is a little more distant from the from what I really love about some of these games. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm going to just accept that this is a good example of that flight. Like, I haven't hit any parts that feel like filler. Like, it feels like it is what it wants to yeah. be. It's just that as a taste thing, I don't like that as much. I yeah. like the... But Devil May Cry is full of, like, three-minute missions. Yeah, like, they're all kind oh, of compartment. Uh, it's compartmentalized very well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember the missions in Bayonetta 2 being, like, really short, even compared to the first game. Yeah. So this being, like, such a total opposite. It's mm-hmm. kind of weird. Which is weird, because I, think... I think I did remember hearing people complain about the length, which is... It feels so epic already, so I'm just like... Yeah. Well, I don't all know. Right. If it ends up being like the six missions and they're all about an hour each, I can see that actually end up yeah. end up being yeah. a little short. I get that. I think I think mission three started to lose me a bit, and then mission four kind of got me back on board. Mm-hmm. I, how long to beat says like seventeen hours. Like, I, I oh, think I think it's long. I don't think it's going to be just six huh. missions. Yeah, I think that that also is kind of what okay. got my momentum trimmed down a little bit. I was like, I am not That's, anywhere near the end for this, yeah. and I really want to play Garashi. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so I so I have no idea how long this is. Then obviously, mm-hmm. I've also heard that like the second playthrough is the good one because you have you have I all really the, don't uh... like the shop in this. Oh yeah. no! I re- I I've realized something about Kamiya games that I just fucking hate. The, pu- is the like, shop, the in shop, every fucking yeah. shop where they lock away all the cool shit. Yeah, <laughs> all the cool shit's locked away. All the cool shit is insanely expensive. When I was playing uh, Devil May Cry 5, that was something that was just like, I, oh, oh no. no, I've got a bot. Like, because it's, oh yeah, I, just, I was not feeling that at all. And it was just like, it was such a detriment to wanting to play that game. I remember playing Bayonetta on PC and then restarting it or replaying it on Switch. Mm-hmm. And then seeing the shop have to start over and being like, oh, oh right. And there was just there was one specific move. I was like, I'm buying this one first because I know yeah. it's good. And yeah. I hadn't, I didn't buy it till like the last mission on my original playthrough. And I was like, now it's the first thing I'm buying. Right. Mm-hmm. I it's think very distant from the kind of the cool arcade vibe. Yeah. You know, there's that, and I think there's just something more fun about skill trees for some reason. Because hmm. like I don't know. I think it's just like seeing everything in the shop at once. And then seeing like one of the things you want be like nine hundred thousand like, yeah, points. This yeah, that, that, is like ridiculous. Yeah, it's like you it's start like, up okay, every, how many... every Devil May Cry game. You start up, it's just like okay, well, immediately out of the gate, I want double jump. Oh, it's fifty thousand orbs. Fantastic. Yeah. Like, I thought this. I thought Wonderful One Hundred and One play- felt like really bad to play until I got the battery charger. Right. Thing right. Right. That makes it charge like yep. twice as fast, and that's like oh. Now I can actually do the big, you know, drawings yeah. and not mm-hmm. like complete. I was like for mission like one and two, I was like completely running out of battery after like mm. constantly. And this it was is, just, it's this is why fun. that fucking, this is why that fucking spike guy was taking me like five minutes to kill is because I was drawing the tiny whip and attacking with the tiny whip. And if I draw the big fucking whip <laughs> that I can do a lot more damage. I knew there were, yeah. I was missing something yeah. where I was like, this enemy shouldn't take me five minutes right. to kill. Yeah. Oh. So that that item also yeah. hurt my mind a little like, bit. I was I was at the point where I was having the opposite problem where I knew to draw the big weapon, mm-hmm. but every time I did it would use a couple battery charges and then they weren't recharging would, as fast as it would take to oh, wear off. This so is really funny because this is really funny because I I like hmm it seems like I never run out of battery. That's weird. <laughs> that's, that's great. So that's why that's that's going to make things easier. I think that's gonna it's make really it's better. really silly though because ever since I bought the battery. 
upgrade, mm-hmm. like to make it charge twice as fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never run out anymore either. And I'll just be like drawing the big weapon, doing two attacks, drawing it again, doing two attacks. Yeah, like, which constantly. is a little weird. I mean, it's kind I mean, of not that encouraging that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I just I like that I like that there was a very light Resident Evil puzzle in the first level. Or it's like I, I it didn't it didn't trigger the second screen for me the first time where I turned it off. So I was like <laughs> I, I actually figured it out by like walking outside the building and seeing the numbers and I was like, Oh shit. I see. Hmm. But then the second time I got went through the mission, I did it did trigger the second screen. And I was yeah, like it just shows it just shows you the answer. <laughs> oh and then wow. it just shows you the answer. And I was like, Oh, okay. Basically basically every time the second screen would matter. It just pops it up for you. Yeah. Like I, aside from this one thing, I haven't had any issues with it. Um, I mean, yeah, that's the detriment of being a Wii U game, but like that stuff is actually super minimal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I long- think, I think yeah. maybe we were both a little disappointed because I am, because we both watched the Mathematos video and he was like, this is, this is <laughs> my favorite game of yeah, all time. He's oh, I didn't very... realize. It, I actually didn't realize it was that. High on yeah. It. He's yeah. He's very, very high, high on, on that game. And I and I respect his takes on this a lot. I rewatched his DMC playthrough like a couple like a month ago. Yeah, um, like I'm not actually like super disappointed just because I've never actually been super hardcore into that genre in general. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I like Bayonetta, but that's like entirely for the nonsense and cinematics, and yeah. not like yeah. the actual technical gameplay part that I don't actually care about. <laughs> obviously, obviously, the best ones are Luca and Mega Man Zero. There you go. It's all you need sure. in life. Yeah. Mega Man Zero is a very good Devil May Cry like. It really is. Just everything about that structure, especially in the first one where the missions are all very uh, short and uh, super very, hard. yeah, very hard, short, very hard, and also like completely different. Where like this one doesn't have a boss. This one has a boss at oh. the start of the mission, and then the rest is option of the mission is optional. Mm-hmm. But oh. if you don't do it, then you don't save these characters. It's, it's so good. Yeah, I haven't played that game like since it came out so i don't remember anything it's a, other it's than a very A-rank. satisfying a rank playthrough i get i don't I actually do okay on the ranks in this but it's like oh you took one hit participation it's oh, brutal yeah and, well it's but, not not one hit it's like one continue right yeah no i mean no wait, I, no I like for the like, yeah, for the segments for the individual segments, mm. I'll be like, you get platinum one... on time, platinum on combo. Oh, you took like two hits. Participation on damage taken. I'm like, fuck off. Yeah, I'm hoping <laughs> that, that brings... um, there's a game I'm that's going through a Kickstarter right now. Hint, hint. Called Vernal Edge. That's a oh, yeah. going. It's a it's a side scroller version of this kind of game. And mm-hmm. Side scroller, you know, character action game. I'm hoping like they kind of shy away from that because man, you know what, man, video games, stop judging me. Like, for real. Stop it. Stop it. Especially when Sonic the Hedgehog judges you. Especially when Sonic the Hedgehog judges you. It's the worst. Don't do that. But yeah, every mission in this, I get either bronze or silver. And when you get bronze, he goes, I expect more from you, team. It's like, fuck off. I really like when you pause the game. That uh, one's funny. You chill for a second. then Then the controller speaker goes, your team needs you. Yeah. Which one where it's like... Can you get me a soda while you're out there? <laughs> I love dumb touches like that in video games. Yeah. Yes. This feels Wonderful One Hundred One feels extremely itself. Oh and, yeah, like, and, I always, nothing, and I always appreciate that. There's nothing quite like it. Like that game has got an identity of its own. It's just not one that I'm really all that into. 
I'm here for the. I'm okay with the perspective. I was able to kind of mm, penetrate yeah. to the to the I think, game I, I wanted think, to play underneath that. Yeah. So now I'm now the only thing is just like, well, these this is a lot longer. It's a lot. Than used yeah. To. I think maybe you'll see what I'm talking about later on because in mission three, there's just some there's some weird stuff with this perspective, where like you're in a tube that's rotating. <laughs> But the whole view is from a forty-five degree angle, and like oh, the depth weird. is weird. It's yeah, it kind of gets to be a lot at some points, and like okay. the way when you walk in front of another building, it does like the picture, that it kind of the segmented thing. view. Yeah. So like now the whole screen is vignetted on the sides by stuff that doesn't matter, and it's just yeah. But then like the life bar is super huge. <laughs> Everything in that game is tiny, but the life bar is like a quarter of the screen. Yeah. It's funny because I've actually been playing it in 4K on my TV because mm-hmm. I don't have a PC monitor right now. And mm-hmm. it's just like when you look at those screenshots, it's like, well, the life bar is huge. Everything <laughs> else is tiny. It did not scale the UI very well it, it, or it at all. No, it, no, straight up doesn't scale. It just oh, gets bigger. Ouch. The life bar would probably be too small if it actually scaled. To, Maybe. I wonder if, if the game was like 720p originally. Because even at 1080, it looks a little blurry. Mm. Like there's mm. the 2D assets. I don't think they did anything to. Right, right, but that's right. that's kind of a minor that's, complaint. Yeah, it's just in the, when you're playing the game, the life bar is huge and the batteries are huge. Yeah, and the enemies are very small. They're tiny. So yeah, I'll have probably more to say about that next, next week. Yeah, I might be. I might be yeah. there with you. Cool. And then I guess I played. I played one shot. Mm-hmm. I reached I reached credits mm-hmm. <laughs> and the game said, Hey, mm-hmm. if you're satisfied you could stop now. Mm-hmm. And I and I was like, mm, I'm I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> Interesting. One shot does some fun shit. One shot has already done some fun shit and I and I literally have no idea what could be coming. Right, right. The one that you showed me the the, the screenshot of earlier was one that like when it started happening. I was, I was just like I was screaming at my monitor at two in the morning on Twitter. Why? How did you do this? Yeah, I'm like actually kind of beside myself that an RPG Maker game did that. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm very confused. It's it's a real real. Good it plays thing. with meta stuff in fun ways that I've never seen before. That's about all I can say right now. I am excited. This it's, one is pretty high on my list. It's neat. Neat. It's a good video game. Well, I, I, guess, I guess that's it. Polly. <laughs> I was so determined to get it out of from you at the start of the episode. You blocked me. <laughs> All right. Okay. Just massive blue balls. Over okay. There. Okay. Characteristically massive. All okay. right. All I'm right. going to sit back. All right. So I watched. The pressure is immense, huh? I watched Sorry. an anime. I watched an anime. <laughs> And it's an anime that we have talked about on this show before. We, we're all several familiar times. with it. We're several times. I watched the first. Needs- I watched the first two arcs of Higurashi Kai. Uh huh. They're good. That's really good. Um, there's that arc they did specifically for um, Kai. It's really good. Um, it's a, it's an amalgamation of three arcs that aren't in the original work. So they kind of and, and like Satoko isn't the actual. Yeah, the, the demon exposing one. Yeah. That's the one oh, where like it starts. It starts with reunion, and you get to meet grown up Rena, and it's really cool. 
Oh, I bet oh that's right. Nice. I forgot. Okay, you know, I did actually forget about that one. Yeah, that's a really good episode where they kind of like they, they that episode takes place after that arc. Yeah. So interesting. That's just the first episode of Kai, right? Yeah, yeah. That's an original, and then the arc they do after that is an amalgamation of like three console arcs. Um, yeah. But they like make it ends, ends with some fucking happy times. Oh boy, it's really happy. It's super happy. Yeah, uh, super. Yeah, happy. Uh, but yeah, I'm so, like I, I still got like the last arc of Higurashi Kai to rewatch. So yeah, that's now, my. That's now why my... are you doing that right before while reading <laughs> the visual novel? I'm doing yeah, it. Maybe jerking your chain. Maybe. I watched uh, an anime called uh, <laughs> over here. What, what was, was that, Holland? Uh, Metal Gear? <coughs> oh, man. I don't know what's going on. Hold on. I need to drink water. I don't understand this bit. It's, uh, I watched an anime called Zenki Sesho Symphogear. Oh, I like that one. We talked about this one on the podcast. Uh, a few times. Uh, a few times. It might have come up. So is that show that Rhett likes <laughs> where people sing and the girl punches stuff. Uh, uh-huh. this really, uh, it's got a cool setup for one of these kinds of shows. So it's like the, the girl kind of, the main character <laughs> fucking dies. Uh-huh. It's like, whoa! Like, it, and it's not, but it doesn't kind of, it doesn't spend its uh, runtime kind of wallowing in that, in the way that something like Monica, Monica is, even though I, I kind of like put these at a kind of a, a similar spectrum. This is a show that like, it touches the dark territory, but it doesn't wallow in it. Like, uh, yeah. something like, <laughs> like this is a show that gave me a lot of my Hime vibes, actually. Uh, that's definitely one of the ones I thought about a lot. I um, think season one especially has yeah. mid 2000s energy. There's like, it feels like this show dropped out of 2007 exactly um it, it's it's got like really vibrant colors it's excellently produced most of the time the action is gotten mm-hmm. oh my god the action has so much impact it's ridiculous it's ridiculous loud and satisfying in the ways that you want something big it, like like oh hey you did nanoha a's but it's actually way better <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh fuck i'm and, done and, and i'm spent <laughs> <laughs> He's dead. Jesus. Um, but like I said, this is a show where the characters sing and they punch things. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> so the singing and battle stuff literally had me laughing every time it happened. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is never handled in a way that I feel is convincing <laughs> at all. Like because okay, you do the insert song. The insert song is going right. It is a blaring, and you have these like where these characters are punching each other, but their mouth is moving. But also, they like they're actually yelling at each other during the fights Uh while the vocal track is going. But the characters also having an inner monologue at the same time. (laughs) Uh Like I hate to say it, but the singing and them trying to focus on that being a thing. Every time it happened, literally ripped me out of a moment. Every time they oh, focused no. on it, like, it would take this cool action moment and then, like, oh, here's a weird shot of you singing, I guess. Your, Your mouth, mouth is moving to the song that does not sound like it's in the same scene. Exactly. The musical part of this show, it doesn't work. I don't think it does anyway. Uh, I'm not the mm-hmm. biggest fan of how that lands. I think the action is fantastic. But, like, when they try to make it 
a moment like like especially like when they're going for the really deep moments uh where they want that song to have a lot of impact and, and they they think that it's really lining up emotionally with the scene that is happening i think they whiff like mm. almost every time there are a couple times <laughs> there are a couple times it's like i get what you're doing the the, the lyrics make sense being here but a lot of the time, it's like... This. When Chris is singing. <laughs> like, okay, Chris's song being just like, fucking murder kill everything is great. Uh-huh. It's fantastic. It should be a death metal song. <laughs> it really should. Like, if your song is going to be just about slaughter and kill everything, I wish it wasn't a fucking J-pop song. <laughs> so, so the musical stuff kind of... Uh, didn't didn't land for me. Uh, it doesn't okay. kill. It doesn't kill the show, but it killed I think some moments. The impression me and John both had of season one is that the singing while they fight thing doesn't work until like the last two episodes. I th- exactly exactly like I think that like when you're w- w- when they make it work with those big soaring moments and their big huge action set yeah. pieces and their real like and also just huge emotional stakes. Fuck yeah, that worked. But every time before that, just I literally fucking laughed. Yeah. I had to laugh every time. <laughs> um, so if I'm to take something from this show to, to, to make some valid criticism, I feel is valid. Um, okay. I feel like this show wants one thing. This show only wants me to think that Hibiki is the coolest person in the room. At literally, <laughs> at literally, and it makes it feel like they're not confident in that. Like, they spend mm-hmm. so much time in this show, that, like, they want to convince me that Hibiki is fucking cool and awesome. And she's not the kind of character that I feel you need to spend 50 episodes trying to get behind. <laughs> She is a character that is a universal good. She's a very good person. She's selfless. She wants mm-hmm. to do everything she can for everyone around her, and I was there from moment one. But they that spend... first episode is so solid. When she's exactly. rescuing that kid. Exactly. Oh man, they spend thirteen episodes telling me <laughs> how cool Hibiki is, to the detriment of me being able to get into other characters. Is the oh. problem, like. Subasa and Chris are like afterthoughts in a way. Uh, and I like Chris the most. So it's like, and I feel... Oh, there it is. There it is. There, is it, there it is. There it is. <laughs> the polls. I voted for Chris. That was my guess. Yeah. No, I told you, I told John like a week ago, I bet Chris is her favorite. Yeah. I think I, I think I might have been it. Chris is actually the most popular. Like, Chris is a character who I feel on her own. She has a really interesting and emotional story that... Mm-hmm. It's deeply rooted in personal trauma and issues that is so worth going into. Yeah, but I thought it was done really well in first season of Nanoha. But <laughs> it actually but, has room to, where it actually has room to breathe, but and they, it's the emotional core they of the shrug, show. They shrug it off to just keep telling me how cool Hibiki is. Um, it does that, not feel it does not feel thought through to no, me. No, it doesn't. Sorry. Unfortunately, mm. like I think that like I think that they even gave like, like Subasa got a decent amount of growth, but I think that the kind of character that they are making her to be because like like Hibiki kind of has to be her foil for a bit because she's quote unquote mm. replacing someone. Um, that's that like, line. <laughs> that's a powerful moment, um, mm. and I think that they follow through on that. Uh, I wish that they would have kind of stuck with it a little more. I think that that's a moment you can get more than just like one episode out of. 
uh, I think that that's a moment that you kind of you struggle through and try to work through. Like you fucked up in a real big way in saying that, <laughs> and I know it's not what you meant, but this is a character that's dealing with something that's really fucking deeply embedded into who they yeah. are. Um, and the way that like it's just kind of like the Hibiki show, and everybody else kind of just <laughs> has to get shoved to the side. Oh, it just took me out of it a little bit. Mm. But, 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 but. <laughs> I'm going to pull you back in. I'm going to reel you back in. You'll probably, you'll probably like the image I'm using on screen right now, too. Um, oh, wait, I need to open the stream again? Yeah, open the stream. You'll probably like that a lot. Um, but, um, so, 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 for what it is, in the overall grand scheme of things, Simple Gear. That's a very good picture, sorry. <laughs> Oh. So what it is, what it is, I, I don't think that this show does, like, it doesn't commit sins that are so wrong that are just like, oh, God, this is unwatchable. Uh, I feel like the plot with the main antagonist and, and and all of that stuff is a little too on the nose and straightforward. And, the, like, such an intense focus on how rad Hibiki is really takes away from everything else. But those are issues that, if you can tell me they handle them a little bit, in later seasons, I'm actually on board for watching more of this show. I don't dislike this show in any way. It captures a lot of that mid-2000 energy that I like. And even though I think that this it's really, really flawed in what it did with its first season and how it really undercut the rest of its cast to try and propel its main character, uh, which is something that even Mahime comes dangerously close to doing. Yeah. Uh, but you still remember a lot of characters that actually go pretty deep in that show. Uh, but that show is also 26 episodes. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think a lot of the problems of season one is that it got no space to breathe. They did not leave a moment no. to breathe. No. Because mm. like, when you think about how quickly some stuff like the Miku Hibiki fight yeah. kind of comes and goes, and then the Chris's whole, what, turn. Isn't there like a sword that gets like a magic sword that gets introduced and, yeah, just, and then resolved in one episode? In one episode, yeah. No, and then it comes back in the final. Yeah, battle. Yeah, it comes back in the like, final okay. battle with uh, with what's her name. But um, like the so Chris, the Chris stuff got so shoved aside and under the rug. And I feel mm-hmm. that in terms of making a character that has to deal with some real shit, like like all three characters have legitimate reason to be dealing with some real shit. Like Hibiki has yeah. to balance this real life issue of having to hide like this really weird thing from her best friend and it's like it's something they do a good job of portraying as literally kind of tearing her up because it's not something Mm -hmm. she wants to be doing i think that that's a good story beat you've got subasa's really good story beat of having to deal with what happened two years ago and having to deal with like somebody stepping into a role for somebody that is no longer there anymore but meant a lot to you that's there's good meat there there's really fantastic stuff that they could do with chris uh and it's just like, I would hope going forward that that's something that maybe they delve into a little more. Um, like, I know that this show is big and loud and stupid and continues to be, <laughs> which is good. Like, I'm here for that. But I would also just like, man, you got to give me a little more. Just give me a mm. l- if I can get a little more. Just give me a, tell me there's a little more meat on that bone that's worth savoring. Like, I'm here to watch more and I will probably do so anyway. Um, but uh, but also know that I'm going in with expectations that yeah. hopefully mm-hmm. you guys dig a little more into the stuff that I do like. Because, again, I'm here for Hibiki. I was there the moment, like, at, by the end of that first episode, it's like, that's a character you get behind. Yep. 
Um, God, that got that image of the thing erupting out of her also. Yeah, that was like that's real. Oh, that was like pretty metal. Yeah, like Hibiki is metal as fuck. I'm here for it. <laughs> I don't need you to keep telling me that. <laughs> I I keep telling everybody that. We <laughs> yeah. have rent for that. I have rent for, for that. I don't need you to spend the entire runtime of your next season telling me how cool Hibiki is. Just show me and then elaborate more on the other people she's interacting with because I think that they have really good and cool stories um, that are worth exploring as well. So that's my that's my uh, thoughts. Cool. On on, on Simple Gear, I, th- I thought Sinky Zesho Simple Gear. I told you I'd give you a season, and we're now looking at giving you two. Cool. So. I think I don't want to say where this goes from here, mm-hmm. but John John obviously knows, and uh, season two was the one he did not like at all. Oh, I know, I know. I'm kind <laughs> of bracing myself for season two. I think season two is absolutely the make or break one. Mm, we'll see then. Because I'm probably going to be and giving I, that a look. I, I, I don't know which way it'll go. I won't like say. Yeah, oh, don't, don't call her. Don't or... call her either way. I don't. Yeah. Want you to tell me your thoughts on this right now? Like we're just going to yeah. wait. I mean, you had the thought of I like this better than Nanoha, and I specifically thought I don't like this as much as Nanoha. So that was me coming out of the first season. I yeah. think you might the, be in a better place. The thing that I like about this more than Nanoha A's specifically. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Nanoha A's specifically. Is that okay, I, which, I like, has, which John has not which John seen. has not seen? It's the production really value. It. It's a production value. Like I like, I just like the action oh. in this show a whole yeah. lot. I think that overall, as a show, Nanoha is is better. Okay. Uh, but it's working from an established characters, and it doesn't have to take time to get started going up again. Um, yeah, I was really hurting for an emotional core that I right. could really latch onto, and that's kind of what I was. And like this show has <laughs> an emotional core, is the thing. It's that they don't elaborate on it because I think it, yeah, that all yeah, the making emotional core that feels like um like the that feels like it's the core that the so the show knows is the core yeah because I was like I completely bought like when Hibiki and Miku were like having a fight because yeah. Hibiki was hiding this thing I was like oh yeah. this hurts I love this yeah like I thought that was really well done like they mm. they handled but that then Hibiki's but then Miku's just off screen for the finale and I'm like okay. Yeah. It just kind of hurts the moment a little bit, but hey, we're so, we're giving we're we're giving yeah. the show a second <laughs> yeah. season. Like it, it earned a second season in Polyland. We'll be showing the second season in Polyland. So mm. there you go. I still really I still did enjoy the first season. Like I came away from that feeling like pretty positive. Like hey, I like I didn't get the, what I wanted. I have like kind of rigid narrative expectations. Sometimes I've kind of realized. Yeah, and yeah. I, I was coming away from it after after some time away from like season two. I was like, it's okay that other people can deal with not getting that that specific kind of thing that I wanted mm-hmm. because they appreciate all of these other cool things the yeah, story is yeah. doing. I think that's sort of where I'm at with it. Is mm-hmm. like, there's definitely something I want out of this because I think they can do it. Uh, like they've got good gra- like they've done a lot of good groundwork. They've done a lot of good groundwork for me. Um, Cool. I think it's like season one, like season one of Nanaha has the fate stuff. Right. And it's very good. Yeah. Whereas this has, this is trying to do like character arcs for like at least four characters and then also have the big three episode final bo- boss battle. Mm-hmm. And it just all gets really compressed. Yeah. Um, and I know that I, I, like all the seasons are 12 and 13 episodes, correct? They're all 12. They're yeah. all 13 episodes. So, so. 
Yeah, like... I, I think I know what I'm getting myself into from here on. I know what to expect. <laughs> I mean, you've, you've literally heard me talk about this yeah. show, like, a I've billion heard, times. Yeah, I... I but the like the specifics of yeah. okay we're going into season two now what can I expect uh, and we're not going to say yeah right cool cool so like, we'll, we'll definitely be hearing more about so. Simpho Gear in coming episodes yeah mm-hmm. can I tell when you a John, story when sure John watches season three sure so this is just like backstory to the production of Simpho Gear that I find super interesting mm-hmm. the composer for the whole series. This is going back to 2004. He did the opening theme for a show that we've watched called Chrono Crusade. Hey, that show is very good. And then also in 2004, Nana Mizuki, a singer, played mm-hmm. the role of Fate Testarossa. Yeah, yeah. Nana. <laughs> yeah. And apparently she contacted this music producer who did the Chrono Crusade opening mm-hmm. and said, hey, let's work together. Oh. And then they started working together, and they did the opening theme to Nanaha A's. Right. And that was like her huge breakout hit. Yeah. And, and that was like a that song was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. So a few nights ago, I was mentioning, uh, oh, I'm listening to a bunch of Nana Mizuki music, and and Ify is like, oh, I really like her. Oh. And I'm just like, and I'm just like. Mmm, you should watch Zipfuki if you like her. <laughs> because Nana Mizuki does all five openings for every single s- season of Simple Gear. Right. She plays Subasa. Uh-huh. So she has all of Subasa's yeah. songs. Yeah. And then all the concert songs. Mm-hmm. So it's like even like before knowing that she had like this career outside of Simple Gear, I was just like Oh, this whole thing is actually just a vehicle to promote her, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like I—that's kind of like the feeling that I had. Um, yeah, but it, it, it makes sense. It's just—it's just funny thinking like, oh, this this specific like collaboration between the composer and her goes back to not a yeah all the way back then. Like that's man, sixteen years. Yeah, that's and then in the Simple Gear mobile game, they just did a Nanaha collab. Oh wow, that's right, they did. So there's one joke where they go, wow, this fate girl, she sounds a lot like Tsubasa did when she was younger. <laughs> That's and, fucking and then, cute. They're, they're very cute. And then during the final battle in that in that story arc, uh-huh. they play the Nanaha A's opening. Oh, <laughs> It's so good. That's really fucking tasteful. That's, uh, that rules. Yeah, I'm... Yeah. Yeah, like Simple Gear is a cool thing. They're they're they're. Things... Oh my god! I uh, just say it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! This is really horny territory for Red. Ed- Sorry, have been edging him all week. Simple Gear. Simple Gear is a cool thing. Mm-hmm. See, we, see, when you hate the next season, we have to like have this one documented on tape. Right, right, right. Yeah, like yeah, like before I, you, know, before you, you can't wiggle out of it like John did. For this, your lower season one score. This really <laughs> tapped in. This really tapped into that mid two thousands energy that, yeah, that well, like was... that I haven't had that I haven't seen in a long time. Um, and, you know, again, like we talk I about, did not have any frame of reference for. Like I've watched shows yeah. from that period, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. I wasn't living through yeah. it. I was catching up. Yeah, like two thousand five to two thousand eight was an incredible run for uh, original uh, anime works and 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 good ab- adaptations. Um, oh, yeah, my Hime was it was original. original. Yeah, it was a Sunrise original. Yeah, 
Mm. That was definitely the one focus point. I was like, wow, this is like, you know, a new Maihime for yeah. season one. And then when I watched season two of Simple Gear, I was like, oh, man, they did not have A's again. Hey, man, guess what? Season one, season one of Senfo Gear better it has better ending than Mahime. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that's not a big good. God, Mahime's <laughs> ending. We could do an entire podcast about why that's bad. It's it's real bad. <gasps> I think even John said the one. Remember, he has that Discord where they all hate Simple Gear. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sweet sweet code in two. And... I was exactly about to bring that up. I was like, what's we, the we what's the third one? We argued about which was worse, Suikoden or Fire Emblem Awakening. Oh, yeah. And I think we actually we actually kind of settled on Fire Emblem Awakening. But then we argued over which was worse, Suikoden or Sinful Gear. Yeah, and we yeah. all decided that we liked Suikoden. Well, those of us that had Wait. both, that we, that we liked Suikoden less. Less. That we thought Suikoden was worse. Because Suikoden does not try like yeah. Simple yeah. Gear tries. Simple Gear is trying. And that's really the thing. Is, that is the thing that is very clear. The show is confident. Um, and, but it and tries. You can, it's trying. Okay. And you can get a lot through uh, with confidence. Like, this show has a lot of confidence in its vision. And that's why I, I think that I stuck with it. Is because, mm-hmm. like, if you if you do something and you got a lot of gusto, even if I'm not 100% into it, you can probably snare me and I'll at least admire that. And I think that's yeah. sort of where I'm at with this show right now. Is like, I'm, I'm liking where it's going. You got that energy that I like from something like My Hime, My Otome. Uh, like, if it can just pile up, if it can just add a few more of those little things that I like, I think that this is something that could very much hook me to the end. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Simple Gear thing, G definitely evolves yeah. from where it is at yeah. in Simple Gear Season 1. So I think that is a good... That's good. That's like, a sign. Like, it's like not having evolution, Having evolution, even if it's not the kind of evolution that I would prefer... Like, obviously, like I like let's delve more into Chris and Tsubasa's kind of like mm. weird brain spaces. Deal. But I don't think that that's going to be what this show does. Uh, but if you evolve in some way that is different yeah. from what it is right now, you know, I, you're probably going to keep me on board. Mm-hmm. Cool. And it sounds like three evolves in a, another very different way. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. Those whole thank thing, you for like, thank, hey Brett, thank you for sharing this adventure geez. with us. It has been like <laughs> continuing the the watching your simple gear journey has been extremely nice. Yeah, like, and like I, it has only brought me joy. Look, I don't. I didn't want anybody thinking that I was going to come on this show and shit on it, even if I didn't like it. Like, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't do a segment on it because, like, I'm not right. going to be the person to sit here and shit on something somebody likes so much. Like, that's mm-hmm. not myself. That's John's job. That's John's. Job. <laughs> that's John's job to do at the end of the year in a very callous and malicious manner. Um, very, just very like premeditated sort. I think evil. Evil. I think it was right. very premeditated. I think. I think evil is maybe a good word for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to say a second ago though, like you're talking about how like the show feels like they have a lot of confidence in their vision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the things I read about the last season is that like all the transformation scenes mm-hmm. were like animated by animators who that was their specific ca- favorite character. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, my God. That and like that is so wholesome. It's so wholesome. Like, it rots yeah. my teeth out. It's so sweet. <laughs> And it's even crazier because, like, not the entire transformation, but part of them are animated on ones. Oh, wow. So, like, part of Chris's is, like, 30 FPS. It's crazy. That's nuts. The The production values get... Conti- if you think they're good in season one, mm-hmm. 
Hey, wow what me. sites we have to show you. Yeah, <laughs> season fine. one kind of looks bad compared to all the others. That, see, that's good because, see, like, I thought that that show looked pretty good. I thought that the action yeah. in that show landed and it hit the way that I wanted it to. So if we're getting better than that, I'm on board. Like, let's do it. Let the sparks fucking fly. Paul, yeah. do you like Miku? Yeah. I love Miku. <gasps> oh, my God. Was that, a, like, a groan? I, um... I love okay. her. Oh, that's, this is interesting, though. Because mm, Miku's kind of important. I know that she's important. I just hope there's a little more she's... evolution beyond what she is right now. Beyond being the okay. sweetest, nicest wife. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm you said fine, I'm fine with the nice wife character. Look, like she's so nice and pretty. Like the nice wife characters. Fa- I like Rena a lot, right? Perfect wife, right? So, yeah, perfect wife. Yeah. So nothing else going on. That's just her, right? Yep. Yeah. Nothing all else. Rena. It's all <laughs> fine. <laughs> When you even when you even said at the start like oh and Hibiki's friend Miku and I'm like mm, wife oh, <laughs> yeah they're they are very man like when I, when when Rhett was going through his journey with this show <laughs> I had all like because like he, he had gone through a uh, sound euphonium beforehand oh god yeah and it was like oh look at all of the fake gay that they're not committing to and I mm. thought. Going into Senfo Gear and the way he was kind of hyping it up, I was like, "Oh, they're just doing it again. Like you're just getting fooled again." It's like, and then watching it, oh no, they're literally fuck. They're literally wife and wife. <laughs> no, they live together. They sleep in the same bed, holding hands. They're literally wife and wife. It's yeah, I, okay. at that point, I, at that point, I don't feel like you need to have them like make out. They on don't need to be literally making out. Uh, on, yeah, like they're they're one hundred and ninety seven thousand percent gay. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. They're a great she's couple. They work she's perfect together. To Miku. No, wait, no, that's the joke. Sorry. <laughs> Miku is my son. Miku is my sunflower. Oh my god. <laughs> so gay. They're oh so gay god. and it is adorable. I just, uh, I, I, I just want her to be a little more than what she is right now. Okay. Though, what? The sweet gay isn't enough to comp- isn't enough to drive you through like 50, 50 episodes. <laughs> she might need a little evolution in, in the in the in That's process. not pure, you, Miku is my sunflower. Isn't enough to sustain your interest. <laughs> I don't know own. that it, I don't know that Miku is my sunflower sustains fifty five episodes of an anime. It sustained thirteen episodes for John. <laughs> <laughs> no, that it. It's just the strength of that and that strength of that first episode and the finale yeah. just going yeah. fucking buck wild. Like that show bookends super well. Mm. See, I think right. those last three episodes, mm-hmm. like that's Simpho Gear. Yeah. Like, like one of the episodes is literally called Simpho Gear. I, that's like the moment I was like, oh, I think I love this is the end of episode 12 where she just shouts Simpho Gear super loud. Yeah. It's so dumb. It's. Simple, but yeah. it's so confident. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there's, I love big and dumb. We all know this about yeah. me. So this game is I mean, big and I've, dumb in my. This game, this show is big and dumb in my favorite ways. I've continually confessed how big and dumb this is. <laughs> yeah, like like that website that was like it's big and it's stupid. It's and I love it. And Holly's stupid. like, did you write this? Yeah, did you write this? <laughs> yeah, like like like, and even with the singing stuff, it's stupid. But it's like it's an okay so kind earnest. of it's an okay kind of stupid that I'm here for because again that confidence sells it. Yeah. Like it may not be a thing that I like and am into, and it might pull me out of some scenes and everyone else again. But you are doing that with so much fucking conviction, and I fucking admire you for it. 
awesome. Yeah. And again, <laughs> like, like we were, like I compared, we could, our group was like comparing with Sweet Coden, where there's, where just every climax is this limp fart. Yeah. Where it's like, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, you weren't really, you weren't really trying here. You didn't actually care that much, did you? That's really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Simple Gear is just, Simple yeah. Gear? What? Yeah, like literally screaming Simple Gear for no fucking reason. Here you go. G goes a good bit harder, I would say. Yeah. Well, it's like they have they have the climax where they beat the final boss, and then there's one more thing yeah. to push the climax like even further. And that's like that's so smart and good, man. Okay, oh, okay. It's okay. funny. What I went yeah. back and re-listened to me talking about season one on the podcast. And it is the most dumb basic observations of like her sword get real big. <laughs> it does get real big. She punched me real like, hard. I said like literally nothing about the actual characters or story other than it's big and dumb and I like it. <laughs> I wish we had an archiver of somebody that like listened. Oh no, to I'm episode. working on my own. Chronicling my own simple gear journey. I know, but I wish we had an archiver over the years that kept track of all the funny, dumb shit that happened, and I could just pull clips together at, at on a whim and be like, "Here's Rhett on his on the first episode of Simpho Gear." Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, don't, I literally don't say any character's name. I just go like Holy the one shit. with the sword. She got <laughs> real sword. Bad. They sting. Oh my god. Mm, I like Miku. And I do like that. I do still really like that girl in the first episode who dies, <laughs> like immediately. Yep. Just like, did. do you remember? Did you did that jump out to you, Polly? Do you remember? Yes. Did you? Good. The, the first the, episode the... is so weirdly violent. Yes. It's the girl. It's the girl that screams. For anyone else in the audience, um, it's the girl who screams. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Yeah. And then dies. Then probably dies. dies. You remember when? Remember when the character in Chrono Crusade didn't want to die, and you hated that rep? Fuck off! See, that's the connection to Simpho. That's the connection Chrono Crusade has too to Simpho Gear. Chrono, Chrono Crusade has a very good "I don't want to die" moment. That yeah, I know. Oh, oh man, it just pulls your guts out, and you just like, man, I am not a human being anymore. See, this oh, one doesn't. Simpho Gears doesn't spend the entire show building it up. Oh fuck me, man! Oh, John, man. you may, John, you need to watch Chrono Crusade. No, you don't. Yes, you did. Is it's it, really is it, good. Is it edgy. It's it's got some edge to it, uh, but I think I think it is a really well done story. Cool. Red just hates. Red hates it. Red hates it because the ending. It made him cry so fucking hard. Like not simple gear is a happy cry because they're winning. (laughs) This was just an (laughs) ugly. (laughs) Yes, doing this. I was. That was so much. That was also the thing is. um, G didn't have quite as much of like the little the edgy moments where it seemed like it seemed like Simple Gear like started off and they were like, well, how what's the tone we're going for here? Right. And then they kind of had to figure it out as they went along because there's there's weird shit like um like the torture scene with Chris that is completely uh, out of place like, for the rest where of the show. Yeah, like I was about to say, like what is go- what's the what am I getting from this? Because this they is, don't really weird. they don't really do anything with it. It feels like. We were patterning after Nanoha, and we just we forgot to take out the the yeah, fate torture. Everyone, it's been so weird watching a bunch of Simple Gear fans on my Twitter watch Nanoha now. Yeah, so they're coming to it in reverse, and they're all like, "Oh, this is like Fine and Kristen's season one of Simple Gear." I'm just like, Not yeah, really. except <laughs> because that like, came like 
10 years earlier. That came ten, yeah, like, this came 10 years earlier, and they actually kind of, like, it, it was expounded upon and made sense, whereas the Chris scene was kind of just like... I, it's a little more tactful and like, has a place in the actual oh, yeah. yeah, like, what is this doing here? Like, what is this, sir? Like, like, like she says something about, like, I'm the only one that'll love you or something, but then, like, there's Immediately no, ditches her. Immediately <laughs> like, fucking ditches her the fucking moment it's inconvenient. So it's I just mean, like, Chris's eh. entire backstory is so it's horrible. Off. If you yeah. really dig into it, they really kind of they really kind of glaze over it a lot. It's unfortunate because, like I said, I think that there's a good story for her there, and you can really kind of build her because she's the suffering one. Yeah. That. But that's the thing; they're all actually the suffering one. She just <laughs> suffers the most. Yeah, she's she's had some shit thrown her way, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I like Cynthia. I don't watch one It's good. <laughs> so I think that's gonna do it. Uh, cool. Unless anybody else has anything to talk about, I'm good. Are you good? I have. You good? Good. I have, I have oh, like, hit, like I said, I have like just under three hours. Yeah, it's a, it's a very respectable. I think. Nice. We did it. Go us. I started you and me and her a love story, but then I was like, oh, this. I'm. I'm sure this looks. This is great. I want to read Higurashi before Polly streams Higurashi yeah. Yeah. so I can watch the stream because <laughs> nice. I did not want to experience that like mm-hmm. in a social setting. I was like, I this needs to be yeah. this needs to be a, a John adventure and then it can be a shared experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll, and it'll be probably a week or so before I get to Watanagashi, so... Mm. Oh, don't no, worry. I will be, I'm pretty confident I'll be caught up, so don't don't wait to go on my account. I won't wait I, on I your mean, account. Like, you I will... Crushing through that. Yeah, I'm jumping into Watanagashi the moment I absolutely feel like it. So, yeah, thank that's you. Gonna be, that's gonna be fun. Um, but uh, of course, I want to thank everybody for coming out. Uh, thank you. A uh, very generous evening with all of the uh, gift subs and and the like. It's uh, uh, always uh, kind of a bit overwhelming. I never know what to say when people kind of drop money on this dumb channel because it's just like it's just dumb podcasts and talking. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you could do way better than that. Um, but but again, it's always uh, it's always appreciated. Uh, again, we're working on uh, game of the decade. We will we will probably have a date by next episode. I think. Um, and they'll oh, and by next ep- I think. Next I think week, it'll probably. be. I think it'll likely ha- be announced uh, the final date next yeah. week sometime. Uh, it's just yeah, just gotta wait to ret get, get his monitor back in, get all that sorted out. Uh, Beepner, thanks for the hundred bits, much appreciated, sir. Um, and that's gonna do it for us for now, John. Fire, where can the internet folks at large find you? Um, bumping up my Simple Gear score by one. <laughs> oh, it's cool. Ooh, it's cool now. <laughs> oh, Polly likes it. Plus one. Now it's a there seven. There we go. Out of 10. Now it's a seven. I Perfect. didn't do that, but I had the fleeting <laughs> thought of doing it, and then I was so annoyed at myself. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I've always wanted to ask if you've ever been so annoying that you literally annoy yourself. <laughs> oh, don't worry. That happens. Um, Faraway.times.itch.io. Hopefully, I'll get a. Hopefully, I'll get a nice little Sokoban thing out before too long. Coolness, coolness. Yeah. Uh, Rhett's internet. I don't know. Twitter.com/slash Rhett. I post anime boobs. He posts anime boobs sometimes, <laughs> and you sometimes those boobs are not covered up. So just so you know, boy posts some NSFW every now and then. <laughs> yeah. And you can find me on my dumb website, as always. So thanks again, everybody, for listening. And remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you. Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm.